the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Tropic Thunder. Yes. Cool. Not tropical thunder, which might seem more appropriate, but Tropic Thunder, because tropic is an adjective. Pop in your DVD or blurry, press play, and then press pause immediately. The, the time code point is 000000, because this movie starts with commercials and not company logos. So, or you could go to the scene selection and put your finger over scene one. Right. Anyway, the point is, you're literally just going to start the movie when we say unpause here in a second. So get your mouse remote ready uh, for that. Oops. My name is always is T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenefter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. I have chocolate. And Trady Amazing Stokes. Player. We have shat the bed today, officially. Oh, my God. Anyway. Is that what that Tootsie Roll looking thing is? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. It's the, I hope it's a Tootsie Roll. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. You've earned it. Uh, Tropic Thunder came out a couple of years ago, and when I saw it, I, um, I, I didn't... I, I laughed a few times, and I kind of had an okay time with it, and I, the, the only thing you really can't say, you can make arguments about any kind of thing in film. I thought Godfather 2 sucked. You can't say that Robert Downey Jr. isn't fucking fun as hell to watch in this movie. That is an inarguable point in cinema history. That's he's just a blast. Genius. And, you know, we'll Cinematic get into the, genius. the whole, like, Robert Downey, he's literally doing black. Fi- we, this is the exact <laughs> thing you're really never supposed to do ever. And somehow it, it, it works for me. I, I guess, you know, maybe there are people that might find uh, contention there. But no, it's okay because watch. the movie acknowledges it's not okay. Exactly. Right. <laughs> hang- we'll talk the, about hanging a lantern. This movie, this this movie ended up pissing off retards, even <laughs> though it wasn't mocking them either, but okay. Anyway, the, uh, but this movie didn't work for me. And then I watched it again last night, and uh, I, I think I figured out why. And I might be the only voice on the... Is everyone else like this movie? Everyone I else do. on board with it? I like it just fine, I do. Yeah. Oh, God, this is going to suck. Uh, <laughs> this movie doesn't know what to make fun of. There's like five good movies in here, and this is all of them. Um, it doesn't. I, I I lose stakes as soon as the head blows off, and Ben Stiller's character doesn't know that it's a fake head. You lose stakes. I, I, the, yeah, the, I'll, that's I'll, the opposite of what I'll, is happening. That's exactly right. I know. I, I, his I his see head what, blows off. And I see he what goes, you're saying. It's a dummy head. Now, I see what you're saying. And and yeah, I, and I would characterize it differently, but I understand what you're saying. And here's the problem with that: is that in the movie they're supposed to say. I know what a dummy head looks like, and this doesn't look like one. And it's the most obvious dummy head I've ever seen, and it's making a goofy face when he's holding it up. This, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really good ideas here, and I would love to see any one of the five different movies this could have been, where it's literally just uh, a movie about making a movie. you never even seen the movie, but it's about these prima donna actors, and we're just, we stick with that. Or if they went into the woods with a crazy ex-Marine guy who wrote a book, and then it's just dealing with that, and it's that sort of a thing. But when all of these things come together, it's just a hodgepodge of jokes. I read a review that said it was like being mugged by a clown, and I kind of agreed with that. Uh, it didn't work for me. It was it's, it's the kind of thing where, they, they, like I said, they don't know what they're making fun of, so they kind of make fun of everything, and I'm not left with the feeling of this was a really strong piece of work. They really nailed anything. A lot of times you'll read in reviews, doesn't think it's nearly as clever as it thinks it is, chuff, chuff. But this is a movie where I'm, I, I don't think it's as clever as it thinks it is. There are really funny moments, and the never-go-full-retard thing has entered the parlance for the rest of humanity, <laughs> yeah. because that's genius. <laughs> but on the whole, it's, it's all over the place for me. Brian? Uh, I like this uh, a lot, actually. I'm glad that we ended up doing it, because you know, I had seen it a couple years ago whenever it came out, and then thought, yeah, that was, that was, it was pretty good, I guess. And never really thought about it again, and then revisited it last night, and found I really, really enjoyed it. And la- what Something I don't do very often, which is Shink. laugh out loud when I'm by myself. I'll laugh yeah. when other people are around, but right. normally I can think something is the funniest thing in the world, but not literally laugh out loud. But I What moment got you? Uh there was a bunch. My my favorite moment is when Jay Baruchel 
is trying to deprogram uh, Ben Stiller at the climax. Yeah, after they've already gotten through to Robert Downey Jr. and they try to do Ben Stiller and they totally fail. He goes, fuck it, we'll deal with him later. <laughs> That's I, my single favorite. Yeah, I love Jay. I, I am madly in love with Jay Baruchel. Uh, as a, as an actor and as a character, he always he plays different characters, but you always see him in the big movies where he's playing the same guy over and over again. But I just love him. I think he's great. He was in a wonderful play- movie called I'm Reed Fish, which is on Netflix most of the he time. He plays a Viking kid in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Mm. I haven't seen that. I want to see that. It's anyway, great. Anyway, so you're in favor. I, I'm I'm really in favor after rewatching it last night, and I think it's. This is a very extreme farce, and farce is so very very difficult to pull off because farce is all about making the circumstances as extreme as possible and as convoluted and really as contrived as possible. And when you're telling a story or creating a dramatic pretend situation, the more contrived the circumstances are, the less real they are, and the more likely you are to be pulled out of it and go, man, this is just fake and I'm not on board with what's going on at all. And so it's a really, really hard line to, to, to stay on. And I think this movie does kind of, there are moments where it definitely does fall off that line, but it's such a hard balancing act to to do and this does it really well it is a hard balancing act i disagree with it doing really well but we know that and we'll get into it in the movie dorkman i think it i i think it does fine i mean i didn't revisit it i actually <laughs> haven't seen it since it came out so i'll i'll be the one who's like pri- almost never seen it compared to you guys <laughs> i guess um and and be kind of rediscovering it as we go but i remember really enjoying it um when i saw it i don't think i don't think it it's um, it, it there there were bits of it that felt uneven, but generally speaking, as I recall, but generally speaking, it's a very I think it's it's cohesive. It's about a group of movie actors who are who are put in a real situation that they normally act in movies about. It's about mm-hmm. it's, it's about Galaxy Quest. My thing, is they, yeah, yeah. It's, my thing it's, is they don't act realistically at all once they're there. Huh? But that's because they don't know that they're there. That's the problem. At at no point do they actually right. Uh, that's exactly what I mean. They don't go. He, he literally just exploded. We need to get the fuck out of here and not play along. Save right. it. Huh? Save it. This is still the intro. We're not even watching the movie. Right. Yet. Anyway, that's my problem. But <laughs> but I, I will say, I I think my biggest problem with the movie is is also the severed head scene, just because I feel like that's... it's That's that's the dividing line. Yeah. If, if, mm. if either you stay on board after that or you don't. I, it, I, I would be I would be okay with the scene. I feel like it just goes a little too far. Yeah. And and I know that like comedy is about pushing boundaries and stuff you like that. But it, it pushes it pushes beyond pushing boundaries and beyond comedy into horror for me. But <laughs> but we can yeah. talk about it when we get there. But otherwise I really like the movie. Trey Stoops. I, I like it too, although I, I do agree that it's it is a little bit it isn't quite the sum of its parts. Um, individual scenes are hysterically funny, mm-hmm. and I'm glad the movie exists just for the sake of some of the scenes that they have in this thing. Um, in the end, it is it is a bit of an uneven journey, and and uh, the resolution is kind of like eh. um, it's very it's a very, it does happen it does take place in a in a non real world. I yeah. mean, I think that's the thing is is it's it's a world that's so. Farce is actually the best word, I think. You know, it is a farce. You know, farce is not real. Farce is this very sort of exaggerated form of human behavior. So I think that it really is a farce that looks very realistic, but it's actually, you know, they might as well be French and wearing powdered wigs. And like, you slept with my wife. It's a Moliere play done as a, <laughs> as a, as a movie in the jungle. <laughs> as a Stallone film. As exactly. Yeah. It's like if, if Stallone did a Moliere remake, which actually that sounds like it might be kind of awesome. But um, so I'd watch that. Yeah, no, I know. Doesn't that sound fantastic? But the it's... For the most part, it's very funny, and it does have a story that that it follows. And yeah, there's sometimes when 
it it crosses the line into the where I think it's like they just kind of went there just to go there, like yeah. oh, just just so you would go, oh my god, they went there, and the severed head is certainly one of them, and uh, simple Jack is another, <laughs> where they just you know. But again, I, I admire the bravery of it. It's like, well, they committed to doing it, and by golly, they went there. So I find it really entertaining. I think it's a beautifully well directed movie too. I think it's a testament to Stiller as a director because he directed. It's a very this. pretty movie. Agreed. It's a great looking movie when it's supposed to look a like lot a, of, a lot of complex action and, yeah, and blocking. Beautifully staged, and yeah. you know he's also on camera most of it so that's not easy to do and uh, i think overall it's well worth watching and if nothing else um tom fucking cruise man yeah. let's mm. get there when and all, get there and all the the you know in terms of still as a director I, I, let's let's get started yeah. and then we can anyway, talk about it you're at, the, totally about to. you're at the uh as trey pointed out you're at the first frame you perceive of all black <laughs> you're at the first frame of the movie right yeah. anyway so are we put your finger on the button you're about to get this whole uh, booty sweat thing that's the beginning of that maybe yeah. somewhere else it has a different logo in front of it or something but that's where we're starting three Two, one, on pause. Now I didn't. I didn't see this in the theater, but I think this would have been such a great effect. Yeah. Because uh, of course it starts with faux trailers and faux commercials, so mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know you're seeing the movie yet, but the movie has begun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, th- and there's no. You don't even get like the DreamWork, the actual yeah. DreamWorks. Yeah. The actual DreamWorks logo doesn't come. So until if you were to, I don't. I don't think I saw this in the theater, but you would. There would probably be. You would have seen real trailers beforehand, yeah. and probably that's no. That's what no happened. Distinqu- yes. No distinction between I, I, the I, real and the fake. I, I did see it in the in the um there you go as soon as, but as soon yeah. as you see that you're like okay if you're hip I enough to that. recognize that's not anyway uh, let's talk we have never talked about farce we've talked about satire we've even talked about parody and spoof but we've never talked about farce and let's let's well, draw here, a line in the sand here's, here because here, well here's the thing where the movie is like this. This Where isn't realistic enough to be satire at well, all. Well, that's the thing is like this scorcher is like almost real. Yeah. Jack Black's faux movie. I could totally believe that was a yes. real movie. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. I could absolutely believe that the Fatties Two is a real. I could believe that movie. Booty Sweat was a real product as yeah. well. Yeah. The enough. only thing that really gave it away was Scorcher going watching, to five is, is yeah. too much. You're watching uh, um, trailer, 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 and then it goes back to an ad, and right. you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this yeah. is. But yeah, and it um, probably would have started with a f- our feature presentation right. in a lot of theaters. So, the, but I was what I was um, what I was going to say is in terms of Stiller as a director, he would have directed all these things too, and they're uh-huh. totally plausible for yeah. the different <laughs> styles that they're in. You know, it's a great really. I disagree. I mean, they feel well, like the very easy, obvious joke that's not good. Uh, for well, me. I think that, but I think that's part of the joke on. Our, on our culture is that we only do I think the mainstream too much credit no I, I think that's that's part of the joke is that this here's the mainstream stuff and it's the very obvious right, no. the scorcher earth and now the scorcher sequel will be the yeah. earth cold and there's two the, levels the, the, the there, fart jokes there's you make this joke because you think it's a realistic thing to joke about and people will laugh at it but then there's a good and a bad version of that joke and none of these. How how does this look any different from the clumps? This right. looks exactly yeah, the, like that, the clumps. This is what I said. The, Scorcher is Scorcher is pushed beyond. Okay, that's not a real movie. Yeah. But this totally feels like a real movie, which is frightening. Yeah. But I, you know, I mean, how is this? Yeah, just like Martin it's, Lawrence. They even make a Martin Lawrence reference later right, right, that, right. that he's working. I understand with Martin that's Lawrence. what they're joking about, but this is. It's like there's really. It's hard. I wish I had at least someone to help me out here. Maybe the chat room can help if they agree with me. But it feels. Massive, it, like sometimes audio will be loud, and then it'll, sometimes it'll be blown out and distorted. This is like blown out and distorted, trying to make a joke. Like this is not a joke, a cry for help kind of level. Trying to be really funny with something that was already pathetic. The joke is that it's pathetic, and that's what they were going for. 
but I think they put too much spin on it or something. I can't explain exactly. It's why. just it's this works for me. The this, game this too oh, feels yeah. like yeah. feels plausible. Why, totally again, like why hasn't somebody movie. made this movie? But, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they're pushing. But again, they're pushing it so far. The way right. But that that might fall under the category of farce, which I don't have a farce is farce is literally it's farce is not real. Farce is not real human behavior. It's a very exaggerated form. Farce is the circumstances and behavior are pushed so far that they break. They. I mean, it's. It's kind of self-contradictory. They, it, you push it so far that it doesn't have that feeling of reality. Right, but, here's but, the but it makes you, but it makes you movie, recognize how ridiculous right. reality is. Right. But the problem is, and I can understand that, and you, you, I, I, I agree with what you just said, and let me throw this on there. But this movie doesn't stay farce all the time. This has long 15, 20-minute periods where it's just satire. And then when you go back into farce out of satire, it makes what you thought was kind of, okay, this is working, it's kind of a funny movie, go into, well, that's what? kind of level and that happens over and over and over again and then that throws me off so much that it really does feel like it doesn't know what it wants to make fun of for me so it's a tone issue for you then absolutely yeah. okay. totally and, that's, and that's, like i said there's like totally five fair. this is basically exactly the right cast for this movie i just the script feels like, and, and you hear justin thoreau and matt uh, matt stiller what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> ben stiller talk about it on the thing where we would just write a scene and then we'd email it back and we'd make each other laugh and that's just the, the way you want to write man that's just the way it works i'm like no because what you're doing is you're writing these funny you're basically writing a series of sketches along a theme and stringing them together and some of them are satire and some of them aren't and then you get this sort of feeling where some where one moment you're completely on board with the premise of the scene and what the characters believe and then the next moment no human behavior that was realistic in this scene could allow for a human who would react this way in that scene. That's sort of the, the problem I have with this. And then I can't feel like Ghostbusters. You know exactly what's going on, and you know it's a it's a real dangerous situation with funny guys. That's what this movie should have been. And instead, it's a real dangerous situation that anyone at all would have. Even uh, if they're making jokes about how dumb and how ego driven these guys are. That said, those guys would still go. This is literally a real head. If only the head was real looking. Well, it's true. Well, I guess that's true because to an extent, I mean, they. It's almost like they leave their movie. Like once they get into the golden triangle and they're dealing with the heroin dealers and stuff like that, the heroin dealers are not farcical heroin dealers. <laughs> <laughs> they're and they're very like real. And except they me. kind of are they, because the whole idea though, that they yeah. idolize Simple Jack is obviously right. a very farcical and, situation. And the, and the fact that they're run by this little kid is a farcical idea. Yeah. So. I, th- not I think entirely. They, I don't. I don't. That's think, that's not so know. farcical. Yeah. A little extreme, but anyway, uh, like a laser eye comedy, like Galaxy Quest, that knows exactly what its tone is for the entire movie, and it has these wacky, pompous characters that have completely unrealistic versions of themselves that they think are the operating versions of themselves. That completely works. It's just you have to decide at the beginning of your movie. I pause it. I, you guys all liked it, so maybe I'm just a moron. But I, you have to decide I, I at liked the beginning. It. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, no, we, it, we've all I, said I, it yeah. has problems with tone. We all yeah, agree yeah. on that. I think that goes back yeah, to what you guys were saying. And, you know, there are pieces of it that are that are great, but as maybe as one uh, a solid object, the the way something like Galaxy Quest is, you know, Galaxy Quest is a one solid perfect perfect film, and this this is definitely not a perfect film. This is pieces of brilliance, but they don't stitch together entirely right. The, well, and, this, and that I, might be your this issue. one's this one's really inside baseball too, to an extent. Yeah. And, and I would love that being a movie. And I love those you know, moments. That's about true. Movies. Yeah. I love Bill Hader chewing on the strawberry and going, "Nope," and then just spinning it back onto the strawberries. Yeah. There's a lot and Steve Coogan is a fucking genius. I yeah. love him Steve so Coogan's much. Steve Coogan's great even though he killed that guy. Now, but let otherwise. me ask uh, maybe Brian this. I, I don't know how you guys feel about the movie Airplane, but I know Brian loves it. Now, Airplane is Airplane's the closest a, I can think. Farce, yeah. Exactly. And yes. it's very consistently like every single scene is a wacky sketch. When you do that for the entire movie, I don't know how you guys feel about Airplane, but I think Airplane is amazing. It's like a I, weird golden god of a movie. If every single scene is just this 
frankly wacky. There can be real character development in a wacky movie as long as every scene's wacky and you kind of know your your brain is set to the same volume for every scene, whatever the volume is. Honestly, I loved the shit out of airplane, but it absolutely breaks every single rule and guideline we have ever like talked fiction. about but, ever. Yeah. But it, but airplane's airplane a, airplane a, a cartoon. I mean, it's yeah. virtually yeah. a cartoon. Airplane's it's a spoof, that, not really. A, yeah. a f- I guess a, a spoof and farce. They're very heightened, wacky. Well, yeah. well airplane. Yeah, airplane is definitely not a, a satire in the sense that Galaxy Quest or Tropic Thunder is because it, it's not. Because it's. I guess a spoof is probably just a, a subset of a farce. Like it's a farce yeah. that that intentionally it's a, it's is trying a, to be another kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. It's farcical parody. That's probably a decent description yeah farcical parody was the name of my dick it looks like he has low mane in his stomach there (laughs) i was in a band called farcical dick (laughs) i love jay baruchel anyway back to the conversation now uh, first of all this is like this looks this is actually this is actually a good vietnam war movie vietnam sequence this is a beautiful scene i mean it gets cartoonish (laughs) with the with the guts but it's like yeah there there he is man there's that now i don't know if you if anyone has actually they make a reference later where he talks about i don't drop commentary drop a character to the dvd commentary which in fact he does yes. if you listen to the commentary i this listened one, to the commentary last night he does he does the commentary as this character when it, when the character at the in the last act becomes the australian he reverts to the australian character right. and only in the end credits does he turn into robert downey jr he now, is amazing here's what <laughs> here's, i i mentioned i said there was five good movies in here we'll see if that's right i've already mentioned two here's a third one i could also imagine a version of this movie that works that's literally this movie, the entire fake movie, all the way through, where you're clued in with the fake trailers at the beginning that this is a fake movie from a fake world, but it's, it's Jack Black not quite pulling it off and, and, and Robert Downey Jr. doing this and, and Ben Stiller overacting <laughs> ben Stiller like a doing, motherfucker. Doing the platoon move. All the way through. I could see that, as long as it's a consistent, as long as the joke is consistent, I can see this completely fucking working. I don't know. Maybe, um, I don't know. Well then, then it's airplane. It's so then it's then it's these these stereotypical sure, exactly. war yeah. movie sure. dialed up yeah. to eleven. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly that. Or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So, so maybe so the cool. issue is that it's trying. You know, at, at some parts it's airplane, and other parts it's Galaxy Quest, and so at at some points it's just trying to turn it up to eleven, and at other points it's trying to subvert the the tropes and and ideas behind this, behind not only behind Vietnam movies, but behind you know the kind of Stallone action movies and behind, you know, the Hollywood inside baseball concepts. And so maybe that's your issue is it's trying to do all of those things. And it's trying to exist Brian in two wins. very distinct It's trying genres to be airplane and galaxy quest at the same time or, or at different, at different points within the same movie. You can have my codeine. Hooray. I love drugs. Wait, there's codeine. I re- actually, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> love the? drugs, mom. I promise. Codeine is the only uh, painkiller that doesn't make me puke. Codeine's amazing. <laughs> you guys should all have kidney stones and then bronchitis at it's the month period. It's awesome. Get to Canada as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like five dollars over the table. Oh yeah, Cody I just trip. applied for my passport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still don't have a passport. Good. So let's. Shall we talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing an Australian, playing a black guy? I have. A, I love. I, have, I love <laughs> that you did this. Let's just go around the table. I I, I go first. Uh, I I think a the character, as the joke of the character, it completely works as a real character. I wouldn't quite buy it, but Downey is. If anyone could get this close, it was Downey, and this is. I think. Regardless of how high the scale for how successful I think it goes, we all agree, whether or not it's successful or not, that Downey's at the top of the list of the guys that could get at the top of your own personal success rate. The only thing I think is they should have, um, in addition to the like really successful blackface effect where the skin around his, his T-zone is a little lighter than the skin around his forehead and everything, all that looks great. I would have maybe played with a wider nose just to make him look a little, frankly, blacker. But maybe they did that and decided, well, it's... It's not right for the joke. I have no idea. He's well, that, really successful. It's, well, it's they, one, they one more the, thing. Uh, it takes a while to do. You know. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Like, it's it's much, more, so much more issue. Up, dude. 
They they say in the uh, behind the scenes that they did a makeup test for this and they essentially nailed it their first try and they're like, holy shit, we we just we did it. <laughs> Mr. Perfect <laughs> in the chat says this is a trope called becoming the mask. Yeah. Um, LOL. They, yeah, because... and then his Australian guy is also great. So it's uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a fucking. We haven't seen him in a long in a it long was, time. It was originally going to be an comedy. Irish guy, and he said uh, he said actually I can do a better. I can do better Scottish uh, or, uh, Australian. or Australian. Well, he could um, he could improvise. He could improvise easier, Aus- yeah. in Australian because he was just more comfortable with that that character. Anyway, I I I think it's great, Brian. Robert Downey. Yeah, Jr. I mean Robert Downey Jr. is you know. <laughs> if only we all had that much charisma. <laughs> th- there there is a short list of men that I wish I were gay so I could marry them, and Robert Downey Jr. is on that list. Yeah. If he only said... he could be so lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Seriously. <laughs> He's definitely got. I, I mean, mean, Mike, I envy you. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's having. He's having the the. Uh, the com- I know totally. We're going to save the date and everything. He's having the total <laughs> comeback here, you know, because it, you know, ten years ago he was a write-off. It's like, well, yeah. it's a shame about that guy. And now he's got, you know, the Iron Man thing going on and everything else. And he's like, he's, Sherlock he's, Holmes. He's back. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is an awful movie, but it's doing well. Yeah, um, I agree. But uh, but you know, he's he's he is he emerged from all the weird, you know, craziness of just being a really good actor. And uh, you know, you can you can actually sometimes get through it. So well, this is. Here's here's where the the fourth wall begins to break, to crumble, which is yeah. which is really fun, and I and I, re- I and really do like, you know, Downey here with Downey's thing about the frustration where he's just he knows he's working with an actor who's not as good as he is, <laughs> and all actors have had that experience, <laughs> and you want to be. You want to be supportive because, you know, if you, like, make the guy feel self-conscious, it's not going to help at all. Yeah. But you can just get frustrated and go, oh, man, what am I doing working with this clown? Steve Coogan talks about how mind-bending and how much of a, a mind-fuck this being in the scene was because he's playing the director, directing the actual director of the film, <laughs> and the, the character in the film is telling him to cut and to stop rolling. And so and Steve Coogan is like, if if you're, does he want me to cut or yeah, not to cut? Because if he, if he's if Ben Stiller, the director, is saying that, then I have to cut. But if if uh, Tug Speedman, the character, is saying that, then I have to tell him no. And it's like he, huh. was, yeah. that's funny. And a lot of the movie with a lot of improvising going on. So, yeah, so you don't you know. necessarily know. Like, Stiller actually said in the behind oh, yeah. the scenes, he's like, you know, so we worked out, a, you know, a system. So you know, if I said cut, they they didn't, they didn't cut. But if I said no, really, 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 guys, I'm serious, seriously cut. That's the one I knew. Yeah. I was like, like... I need to have a safe word. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You need a cinematic version of a safe yeah, word. Exactly. Like, Gerbil. Bulgaria or yeah. something. I love the films, the version of the film set that they've chosen. For all of their different 25 veins of comedy in this movie, my favorite, and I think the most successful among them, is existing in this fourth wall world where you're seeing the actors try to act in this movie and the crew, and then the characters of the crew that they've built there. I would have enjoyed it a lot more had they stayed in this world just trying to get the fucking movie made and the other version of that same sort of tone would be if they have this amazing character in nick nolte uh what's his name four leaf four leaf, four leaf, four leaf something and um the idea of him bringing them out into the woods there's also a, a shit ton of comedy there uh consistent uh, consistent movies worth of comment, uh, comedy commentary. Look at me. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I I love the caricatures. They've got the producer. They've got the uh, the studio guy. They've got I love the pyro guy. I don't know his name, but he he shows up in a lot of comedies these Danny days. Danny McBride. He's, yeah, he's is that the, Danny McBride? Yeah, his t- McBride. TV show called Eastbound and Down that he's been doing. Oh, he's the guy from um, that one fart movie, the epic fantasy thingy that Natalie Portman was in. Yes, it's Phantom supposed to be Menace? terrible. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> and James Franco. 
Uh, it's supposed to be all improv or something. It was supposed to be terrible. It was on the shelf forever. Uh, I forget what it's called. I do too. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it was in theaters three months ago. Anyway, um, I don't know. There's so much. They just put so much fucking work into even that first uh, 14 minutes. And these all the, all the crew in the background are the actual crew of of the movie. Which is interesting. They like they didn't just bring in a shit ton of extras into their Hawaii yeah. location. They just turned the did camera around and there was the crew. Did we yeah. accidentally get the director's cut in this? It's possible. I it is the Blu-ray. It, I'll what? check it out in a second. How can we do that? How can we do that? I have no idea. I'll check the the box in a second here. Oh. Anyway, um, Steve Coogan as the director. I love that character. Bill Hader as the pro- the useless producer <laughs> who's just like out of touch with reality. The, the but complete sycophant. Yeah, also works for me, and, and obviously Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I love Jack Black flailing with his hands completely not connected to the helicopter in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Shit. Yeah, that's the director's cut. Yep, Oops. so we accidentally... Oh. Oops, well, we misinformed I like, you. I was like, oh, God, now it's going to be two hours long. Yep, it so, is. Because so, I've never seen the director's cut. I have no idea what that looks like. Oh. But I, I was noticing, because I watched it the other day, and I'm going, wait, I'm seeing scenes I've never seen before. So I'm thinking we're watching a different cut. So I, I guess I watched the director's cut as well, because I watched that yesterday. So... So that was all extended stuff? Is that Yeah, the there's just extra shots. There's, okay. There wasn't quite as much of any of that. You know. How did you guys feel about Zoolander? So I have never seen it. I, like I, it I like Zoolander I, a lot, they, and I can't explain... I mean, maybe we'll get to it, but I can't explain the difference. I guess it's just because it, it is more consistently about that character in one universe the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, Zoolander, Zoolander is about this world that takes that all very seriously, and it's just a very uh, consistent. It's much more consistent than this is. I'm... I'm yeah, I, I think I like Zoolander more than I think I do, just because, like, everyone likes Zoolander, and they're always making Zoolander jokes, so I'm just kind of sick of it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think as a movie on its own, I actually like Zoolander a good deal. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember having a similar kind of feeling. In college, everybody made Zoolander yeah. jokes in college. And, and like, in fact, fuck you guys, I like things that you don't, my, that you my don't know about. about. <laughs> my thing about Zoolander is that I, uh, I think everyone but Zoolander is extremely quotable. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Zoolander is probably my least favorite character in the movie in terms of just what they what they get away with. Except for, and there is one line where it's, listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. He's trying to help you out. And then later, can it, Zane? <laughs> uh, oh, my. So, yeah, it's... This it's, is just... I mean, they, they're hanging a lantern on, on all these people who are like, no, why, <laughs> what? No, that's not okay. This is where, I mean, this is, again, it's it's right on the bubble and it's back and forth, but so much of this is like, well, you could totally believe most of this would really oh, go on. I mean, I, Jack yeah. Black's character having a meltdown at his screening. All the real world Hollywood shit yeah. and how they exist in that universe, I completely yeah. buy. Oh, yeah. Mel, or at yeah. least I buy as a satire. I buy as a joke. Right. Mel yeah. Gibson doesn't have to be that much more crazy than he is <laughs> yeah. to do what Mel Robert Gibson Downey would is. fit right into that montage. Yeah, know? I was like, yeah, that's, we we put up with we put up with <laughs> Charlie Sheen. equally crazy shit. Mel Gibson threw a phone at Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah just sure. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, what, what Simple the... Jack stretches it for me. Yeah, but Temple Grandin is a real thing. Like they actually made Temple yeah. Grandin, and it's... is the acting this. I didn't, really, I didn't like. For I some, didn't see it, but it's it's a retarded person who talks to animals. It's like yeah. the same fucking. Oh no, thing. no, it's, it's it's not the movie that it, it it exists as an idea for Oscar bait. It's Ben Stiller's, like guys, I'm kidding. Bad bad performance here. I think it stre- it stretches my credulity. I guess is the I'm, most concise I, way. I, I, I agree, don't see what you actually, mean. I, Where it's even he talked about I am Sam as a movie that didn't work, but the performance of Sam was not this ridiculously over the top. Now the joke is, and again, it's a two level thing. The joke is that he's a bad actor, Yeah. but that's too much. 
I think. To, for me to believe that that was a movie that even happened. For It's it's too much for... And I can't tell if it's Ben Stiller not knowing that he's going... I just saw Birdemic last week, so I just... <laughs> it's talking about bad All bets are So my scale is completely miscalibrated. Yeah. It, it's too much to believe that that performance is bad, but not bad enough for that world to go, that's really bad. But they, they do go... It's hard... See, that's why... They've built in so many... Oh, it's like hard hacking. There's so many firewalls. But... <laughs> I don't well, know. The, the world does recognize that, that it's, it's bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, except it's the, just it's except the heroin bad. dealers. I, I guess I don't know. And it, it might just it is definitely a performance thing. I can it's, buy it's, that. I can buy that the movie existed in this universe and that it sucked because the guy didn't. Radio would be a better example. I think radio <laughs> yeah. level. Kubo Gooding Jr. is trying too hard and is not working. Level mm-hmm. bad where it's like that's just kind of painful to watch. That level of this would have worked for me totally. And then you tell me the movie sucked and I'm like, yep. I'm right there with you, movie. Well, but this is again farcical. Well, this is yeah. It's mocking that it's it's mocking that level of bad. So it has to go a little above yeah, it to be to yeah, go. Exactly. I I get that to this, go. This is the joke. Yeah, this yeah. is the joke. Now we're, this this uh, oh see here's oh here's director's cut. These 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 aren't in the main. <laughs> I just love this is the best joke in the movie. It's like picture of boobs, picture of boobs. Cut back to him talking. Close the book. It's picture it's of boobs. A, it's a, it's a, the book is clearly boobs. That's, <laughs> that's what the book is. That's the cover. No of the book. title at all. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just okay. The cover, like oh, the hard shiny fantastic. glossy cover. Yeah, again, that's that's one of the many things that I'm noticing. It's like okay, that's the director's cut because that wasn't in the theatrical, but. Um, well, the, the the outcry, strangely enough, the, the black community didn't really have a problem with this movie, but the retard community went went full <laughs> retard on this. Uh, this that was a big deal that the um, you know the it's they not were, a joke about retarded people. Well, that's the thing. It try and yeah. tell try and tell people with the knee jerk thing, sure, yeah. the children, you know those great those cretins. But you know, the idea is like it's not. And this is what Bill Maher once referred to as being unable to mentally walk and chew gum at the same time. People can't hold the idea of a thing being a thing. And not being a thing at the same time in their minds. But it's like, we're not mocking the retarded. We're mocking the people who don't know how to properly address the issue or over-sentimentalize We're, we're mocking it. the people who mock the retarded. Exactly. Or use here. them for financial you know, gain right. by saying, oh, look how noble and fantastic they are and make smarmy movies about them and make them into gods of some kind. You know, it's like just, but boy, the retards came out in force. And, you know, they, they, well, someone drove them. I mean, people, you know, they didn't bring themselves. And explain to them that they should be upset. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Exactly. You're terrible people. I refuse to be a part of this. <laughs> you see? For the retards. All right. So, I am outraged. Speaking of, speaking of getting up in arms about weird things, Tom Cruise, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Now, if this and, you know, this, this is my double feature, my best double feature for Tom Cruise, Collateral and this. <laughs> It's a very that, similar character. Fuck that Top Gun shit, all that other stuff that we think is so great. This and Collateral. Those those are the Tom Cruise movies that uh, that prove that he can like do this. The, col- the Collateral Tom Cruise is the serious version of this character. With, yeah, it's with the with same character, essentially. Who, who, who works out. What kind know? of a comedy has this scene in it? The scene where the guy tells him to punch his director, and then I can imagine a version where he's like, nope, don't. I was All right, Damien. And then he goes, he, he stops the punch. But this one has the punch. Yeah. What? What kind? It does seem familiar from somewhere. By the way, that, that's the real. That's the real transpo captain of the. Yeah. Movie. That was a good step frame there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They, they, they yeah. They they, 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 can, they call him in the movie the key grip, and you can totally tell he's not a grip, but yeah. he yeah. looks more he, like a transpo. He is guy. the trans. He is the actual transpo captain. Oh really? Cool. I, he was well, the crew. Just the crew. Than the the crew grip. is played by the crew. The yeah. crew is all played by the crew. You know, they didn't hire like an old an old additional group of people to look like a movie crew. They just used the crew. So. So pretty much everyone, the background extras here are. Steve are Coogan was in Twenty Four Hour Party People and a few stu- a few things that I haven't seen. He's he's big in uh, voice acting and he's on a lot of BBC stuff, but I just haven't seen him much as an American. 
And he does the Michael Caine. I love him. I love him. He's the guy with Rob Brydon in that movie, right? Is that what I'm thinking of? The Michael Caine? Yeah, where he's having an argument with Rob Brydon about how to do the Michael Caine voice. God, I love him so much. He's so fucking funny. He was also in um, Hamlet 2. He was the, the... Main character in Hamlet too, which is amazing. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. I haven't. Amazing. I just I remember, remember that I, you just made me remember that that was a thing. Yeah. No, most people don't know because it it came and went, and they didn't they they didn't advertise it hardly at all. But it's amazing. <laughs> so highly recommend. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, the title is hysterical. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're going to get. Now the, the movie does. The movie's kind of really doing a riff on Apocalypse Now. It's doing a modern. You know, and and ultimately skews into the Apocalypse Now documentary that became a thing, you know, mm-hmm. later. But uh, this is so, you know, very much like reminiscing of the making of, you know, the, the crazy out of control making of Apocalypse Now. And like, yeah. But with this weird sort of modern Hollywood sensibility to it. Yeah. But like I said, it's very inside baseball. Like there's a whole scene about uh, about the the studio executive taking control of an out-of-control production. Right. It's like, w- uh, whoa, that's, that's an interesting plot point to put into <laughs> mainstream. Like, I'm, it played well in L.A., certainly, but I, I, don't, I wonder and what that, people in Arkansas thought of it. And that's in, a very uh, valid, you know, thought of it. Here's Here's a, a, this, is a whole, this is a whole Apocalypse Now riff they're doing right now. I mean, those, those light decorations are straight out of Apocalypse Now, and the girls dressed as, you know, as go-go dancer Indians. That's right out of Apocalypse Now. But this mm-hmm. entire scene is, is a deleted scene. Yeah, this, I don't this, even remember this This is scene. not part of the... I, I've never seen this scene before. Now, there's, this is not a movie where it's not like they had an idea. <laughs> this is a movie where they had a thousand genuinely funny ideas, but they were all different kinds of funny. I, it's ju- I think it's just a lack of um, restraining and, and picking picking what they were going to do with this, this movie. Uh, hesitance to kill... Kill Stiller's babies, right? Basically. Because there's a lot of really funny scenes, and yeah. most I mean, of the we're fu- especially seeing that now with the director's cut. Mm. And by the way, most of the funniest scenes are the ones that take place in the non-farcical universe of Tropic Thunder. That half, where you know the actors and the set and making a movie, and you could have you could very 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 easily. In fact, you just change where the scene takes place, port the full retard scene over because it's just about those two characters reacting to each other and having different takes on how acting should work, and then you get the best monologue of all time. Uh, all I think all the really funny stuff has to do with the characters behaving realistic, you know, character realistically to each other. Uh, it's when they try to react realistically to the world around them that sometimes, several times, they just lose me. I don't know. It's just, um, this is a shit-at-the-wall movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. It's like, this is, just, this is funny, right? Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, and Stiller was... Not the same kind of funny, but whatever. Well, Stiller had been working on this you know, script and this idea on and off for, for years, for right. for a long time. So it, it can it can maybe be one of those things where this it's like... Avatar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in, you know, in 1999, he had a brilliant idea. And then in 2003, he had a brilliant idea. And it's just, you know, if you've had an idea for that long, it's harder to kill your babies when they're a little older. Right. And, you know, it's... As opposed, to it's pretty. It's hard to kill your babies, but it's really hard to kill your toddlers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that's because they, they fight back. They, <laughs> they actually can. They know what's happening. So it's it's a it's a lot harder. And then some executive me. producer somewhere said, "No, I love the scene where the head was all that was left after he blew up." And then another, you know, and, and, and you know, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't that's know a, see, how I, this movie literally happens, but I I know all the pieces of how it happens. Yeah, it's it. It is interesting. I mean, th- this scene confuses things as well because it's like, okay, well, we're mocking the extravagance of of how much money that that 
movie's waste because they're throwing this giant party because they just finished a week of shooting. Yeah, even though right. got a whole, and, the, but, and the joke is that after one week, they're three months behind schedule. That's right. the little joke they have. Right, which is which is great, but at the same time, we just had a scene where it's like you're spending too much money, and and you know I'm gonna come down on you and blah blah. blah. So it's like, well, which is it? Do they do, right. does Hollywood not care how much money they spend, or is this production out of, completely out of control, or you know? And it, I think it? you could have had it both ways. Maybe it's just that they're they're filling in some of the wrong moments and they're skipping some moments. Because if you had a scene where like. You know, maybe these guys are having a conversation at the party saying, you know, well, we just had this whole fucking meeting about how we're wasting money by having this party. Right. And then somebody going, yeah, but we need the party with, you know, kind of the typical Hollywood logic behind the justification for why we need to have this party, which is totally bullshit in, in in real terms, but they think it's it makes sense. Well, the good then thing maybe is, you can buy that reality a little more. Right. The good thing about the the theatrical version is that entire party scene doesn't exist. Right. Um, so so it's so they wasted that much money on the movie for real. Exactly. <laughs> well, this, this this one of the things that you might arguably say about this movie is it it, it was maybe too expensive. It was ninety million dollar budget. Um, and oh it, and wow! It, and what? It, it, yeah, and it Shit. looks it. It totally looks it. I mean, you can see why yeah. where the ninety million went in this in the scope of this thing. I thought um, I thought it was like forty million. And no, I was it was impressed very, by very, how expensive. Very it was. pricey movie. It was ninety million, um, and didn't. And and how did they let him do that? Number <laughs> number for number, it, it made it made like 120 back uh-huh. domestically. I don't know how it did worldwide, but uh, you know, 90 million and 120 back is not actually yeah. a hit. Uh, and after that's not good. But after like so famously flopping with his last thing, which was the Cable Guy, which isn't as bad that? as it's. He directed Zoolander, didn't he? Did he? I think he did. I think he did. Oh, okay, yeah. then maybe yeah. that's why. He but got that wasn't al- that also wasn't a huge deal. Did he think. direct Dodgeball? Zoolander did well. Yeah. I'm checking. I don't think he directed Dodgeball. No, but I but. He has the internet. I'm looking. Uh, as a, I have a. You know, we also have the internet, Michael. I have another thing I want to bring up, but I'll do the IMDb. <laughs> but I am not the internet <laughs> on several different devices. So I could be wrong. Right. Oh God! All right, I have to scroll down to 105 titles of actors. What? Yeah. Go to Box Office Mojo or something. Yeah, yeah. or go to IMDb Pro. All right, director. Spend the money, you cheap bastard. 14 titles. <laughs> he directed Tropic Thunder, Zoolander. Oh, there you go. And the Cable Guy. That's it. Well, he's directed some other stuff, Heat Vision and Jack, which is a TV short and shit like that. But and Reality Bites, yep. and then the Ben Stiller Show, which is the thing that everyone who's like a comedy guy knows. That the was, Ben Stiller Show is is um, is sketch based, so yeah, maybe that show. because that's and where they would do a lot of parodies, a lot of a lot of genre parodies on that yeah. show and so on. But uh, yeah, well, you know, who knows? You know how budgets aren't necessarily tied to you know. Okay, director, you get to go forty percent higher on your next budget. I mean, it's like it's all about the studio. Says, well, here's this project. It really should be. It really should because Edgar Wright would would not have eaten it quite as hard with uh, Scott Pilgrim, among other things. I I honestly kind of think that's how it should be structured. You show me you can make a million dollar movie. Okay, now here's ten million. Okay, now here's twenty. And oh, you fucked up. Now it's like Uh, back to ten. There's little guys who made a YouTube video who are you know handed a hundred million dollar movies. Yeah, yeah. Really? Who? The 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 fucking the, Mortal what? Kombat guy. Oh yeah, that thing. And what about and the for guy? a little while the guy who was gonna work on Akira? Oh really? He made like a short film, and then Warner Brothers was like, "Hey, you do Akira? You you do it? Yeah. yeah. Why what not? about what about that Brazilian guy that made the uh, alien, alien thing? Yeah, the, with and the robots was walking it, around. Yeah, yeah. And was it Guillermo del Toro? Uh, Ramy. Ramy. Ramy right. came in. Yeah. All right, budget I got, ninety-two. I was a little annoyed by that. I gotta yeah, say, yeah. I was like, seriously, that's the thing that Raimi's gonna be like. You, you get to make a fifty million dollar movie. Tropic Thunder's budget was ninety-two. It's uh, worldwide was one eighty-eight. 
Ooh, so that's really not good. Domestic was one ten. It made yeah. about thirty million dollars. So, and, in and so the it US. really, it really, really ate it worldwide. And I can see why there's not a lot of but market for this worldwide. You know, right? It's, yeah, it's very American. No shit. <laughs> yeah, because you know the rest. It's a it's a joke about how excessive we are, and and the Vietnam War, and all countries relate to our experience in Vietnam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm so. sure this movie played really well in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. France, they kind of went. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Now this is a perfect scene to bring up something I wanted to talk about because I was crestfallen when I heard it. Uh, the um in the in the comment not commentary one of the EPK features Bestseller says I'm basically quoting him the initial idea for Tropic Thunder was that it was about a group of actors who went on a fake movie boot camp and came back with PTSD and I couldn't find a way to make that funny what, seriously yeah Crestfall yeah. I was <laughs> like that's a great idea what you couldn't find a way to that's the good version of this although to be fair I don't Wacky know characters maybe maybe come back with... maybe you can't find a way to make that funny for a feature length film yeah. for two I hours. see a it's funny possible. sketch but, what it, well, but what it, the, the question it, there the is the movie would be these characters just doing that and being whiny and dealing with each other and god forbid perhaps uh, having arcs and learning well, something the question is in that in that movie what is the <laughs> what is the goal that they're working towards right. you know what what are the stakes and what's what's the actual objective yeah that would, yeah, that would yeah, be the issue with you have that. to you have to write those right but it, it, is that movie does the movie start when they get back from boot camp, or is the movie about them at boot camp? Is it you know the first half of Full Metal Jacket? I don't know. Let's write it. it I mean, it, it could work, but <laughs> he, he didn't. Not... <laughs> so what are you gonna do? There's a trope called uh, Oh, look a GL two. Yeah, I had one of those. Uh, the, by the um... by the way, the idea that you would shoot a, a mainstream feature film on a GL two totally breaks my sense of reality. <laughs> <laughs> that is a standard definition camera, everybody. Paranormal yeah. Activity was shot on a GL one. I want to. Not really. I just made that up, but I wanted to blow your mind. I'm pretty sure par- Paranormal Activity looks like it was an HDV camera. I haven't seen at it. At the very least, but... Even, no. Yeah, even, even found footage cameras are not. I worked on a found HD footage now. movie a few months ago. That's, it was a real cinema camera. It was a digital camera, but it was still a... You know, Cloverfield was shot 35mm. Uh, even, well, found, yeah. even found footage movies are well, so, shot on I mean, actual cameras. I think Blair Witch when you say yeah. found footage. Yeah, Blair, yeah. Witch, okay. Blair Witch was, yeah, that's was DV at the time. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And 16mm or whatever. Yeah. The anyway, they had. there's a trope called Beauty Inversion, which applies to Tom Cruise. I'm bringing that up because Mr. Perfect brought that. Now, now I, I, I will say that this guy's sudden death, yeah, that is so shocking yeah, that it's, it's funny. I, I, it's right. great. Welcome. You know, it's like, wow, I've never seen a sharper turn into Act 2 in my life in yeah. a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, wow. They the, literally got I, I think, I, in an I think, instant. I think part of it may be the presentation of the scene because it's done so kind of anticlimactically. Right. It just kind of happens. There's no there's no suspenseful build up to it. There's no sound effects or really Yeah, anything. you're not warned that it could happen yeah. in I any do way like shape that. or form. Yeah. No, I that's... do like that's just like what um, so far, it's, so good. It's, but it's then the reaction of, it's, is it's postmodern in the sense that it's kind of defying the, the typical yeah. structure for the right. joke. But then, it's, well, normally, yeah, normally you'd it'd be the gun under the table, Hitchcock, where you'd yeah. be aware and even show us the they show us the French yeah. landmine on the on the mantelpiece this time. Yeah, right. But uh, the 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 next uh, s- closest but the next... I can think of this most you know the subversion is um, spoiler uh, if you if you haven't seen Deep Blue Sea, cover your ears <laughs> for the next fifteen seconds. Yeah. Put the Sam Jackson monologue in, yeah. in Deep Blue Sea. Just again, I saw that movie in the theater, and that was like the group reaction was fantastic. <laughs> the the and if you've seen Deep Blue Sea, you know what I'm talking about. Um, talk about subverting the expectations. expectations fantastic. Yeah. This scene works if you don't see the head. Yeah, this scene works until he pulls the head up. I can even accept pulling that, the head up because that that's pushing it. But it's like, holy shit, this is crazy. And but but once he starts like the gut, the pieces fall out of it, it, and he starts licking it and stuff like that. That's Where too if, much. If if the guy, if you're these crazy characters and you see the guy just fucking disappear, and in that shocking way we were talking about, I could barely buy because it's a comedy that. 
Ben Stiller's like, he's fucking with us. He must have rigged some sort of David Copperfield thing to do that. But when you pull up the head, it's like, there's a... Trey, you've dealt with fake heads before, right? <laughs> yeah. Which, That's a good one. If, if I cut off Brian's head and put it next to the best dummy head ever, how long would it take for you to go, this one's yeah. real and that one's fake? Uh, yeah, not a moment. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. And then, of course, he's making this stupid fucking face, which doesn't help. It's like the statue like in UHF they, they built having it with the weird a, making a face statue. Is like, they, they built it with the jaw that can move around. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's so much waggles. better than most yeah. rubber heads, which are very, you know. They didn't actually build it with a movable jaw. They actually added that. After the fact, there is yeah. some there is some digital trickery to it. Yeah, it's 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 better than most uh, fake heads. I mean, it's better than like uh, um, Game of Thrones is severed heads because they, what often happens with a severed Spoiler head? Spoiler trait. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, he didn't say yeah. who. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> severed heads in Game of Thrones. I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, the uh, you know because often they have like the neck will be this solid circle of rubber, and of course if your neck is severed, it's flesh. It will yeah. you know it looks like a rump roast. It'll cave in. So. You know this this head that sort of bounces and retains its shape is uh, is a is a trope that people often do, and that's that's a better that's a good Steve Coogan severed head. Trey, you've uh, met Jovis Kosel, right? Yes, I have. Everybody should Google Jovis Kosel. V i s c v i s k o c i l. He's amazing. How yeah. does this guy uh, compare to Jovis Kosel? Uh, he's not like Jovis Kosel at all. There are effects guys who are supposedly like this. I've never met any myself, but there are some legendary effects guys that people will talk about. Like, oh yeah. Watch your ass if that guy's your effects guy. I love yeah. I, and I love just again the the like a kind of a subtle parody of he he lost his finger as the effects guy on Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And well, he also how, ma- he makes a reference later about how he almost blinded Jamie Lee Curtis on Freaky Friday, <laughs> which is fantastic. Which is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know. So what stunt was that exactly? Yeah, exactly. So, oh, good trope, Mister Perfect. There's a trope called the landmine goes click. And you have that moment where it's like, huh? Oh, you, yeah. you get that that yeah, sure. that just a little moment, yeah. Anyway, so Jovis Gosel's not the wild man. No, Jovis Gosel's very uh, you know very sedate and and uh, care you know careful and and not uh, you know the the that's a tro- I think that's a trope. But that's a, if it isn't, it ought to be the idea of the the crazy special effects man um, right up there with crazy puppeteer because we're all supposed to be lunatics. And then the we crazy puppet. Dolls. What's the Muppet Crazy Larry or something like yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just Which, yeah, exactly. Which I'm just going to point this out. If you don't know what Trey looks like, he looks kind of like Crazy Larry. Okay. With with the the wild kind of crazy eyes and a bomb with like a, just a big pump on it. That's what Trey looks like. That, okay, fair enough. Yeah, man, that's your muppet. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Dorkman looks like Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Brian looks like the new kind of lame muppet just... from the new Muppet movie. Paul Rudd. Which one? I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I look like what about you? Do look, look like? like Paul Rudd. Do yeah. I look like Sam awesome. the Eagle? You slap your boss. My favorite it's is Gonzo, but I don't look anything like Gonzo. <laughs> Gonzo's the pervert. I know he's funny. He fucks chickens. That's exactly my thing. Yeah. He's That's, actually, whoa. I, my, 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 favorite, my favorite Muppet is Gonzo and Rizzo ripping off each other, but my favorite of the two of them is Gonzo. He is he is bestial and polyamorous at the same time. <laughs> yeah. A polygamist. Good for him. He's, every, yeah. he's everything that America stands for. Oh, our <laughs> modern society. Well, that's why Sam, that's why Sam the Eagle is always horrified by his very presence. That's true. <laughs> now, now we know the, the true reason. Uh, that's good. I hadn't thought of that. That's funny. You could do an entire short film like that. <laughs> a lot of this, we're back to a lot of this uh, this improv stuff, like uh, like Downey's thing about this ain't no you know David Blaine, you know Chris Angel mind freak. Yeah, good line, yeah. good performance. Screws with me because yeah. now you're hanging a lantern on it that they promptly walk away from. That's uh, right. I do think one aspect of it is that Downey's role or his character's role right here is story wise is really important, and it perhaps should have been stronger and more of a 
more of a force guiding what the story is because somebody has to be the only sane man and go, no, these circumstances are absolutely ridiculous and we can't just go along with it's them because Jay it's not, Baruchel it's not reality. Well, well, he, uh, Robert Downey is the one going, excuse me. Right. I think not. But then, but I, I think he, the the thing is he's undermining it because he's still being ridiculous. He's I still, think that's it. He's yeah, still because he's still under the layers be like of the, his own joke. It would be like the Ghostbusters. Well, I mean, saw within, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and they said, "There's no way that's a Stay Puft Marshmallow." No, Man. no. And within, then someone said, "Yes, it is," and they went, "Huh?" And then they went somewhere else. No, no, but but you have to deal with that. But the thing is that the character that says yes, it is. It's like, but you're an idiot who doesn't believe in things like the Stay Puft Marshmallow. You know, the, he's saying he's saying this isn't this isn't a movie, and you know we're not improvising and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Why are you still in character then?" Right, you know, and and he's got Good joke, but you you can't put that in the same. But you've got it, but but I I think I think it gets gets away because Tug Speedman number one is an idiot. Number two is insecure. He's afraid of everyone else upstaging him. He's a, and they have that whole scene where he's like, okay, you're not a good actor, you know, I'm gonna walk away and blah blah blah. But I'm such a great actor, so he's he doesn't want the other the the Robert Downey character to to upstage him again and be right. So he's like, I'm not gonna listen to you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm in charge. He put me in charge. He gave me the script in my hand and blah blah blah. So we're gonna do things my way and. You know, what's the other guy going to do but be like, well, I'm not going to stand alone and walk off into the jungle. I got to stay with the other eight okay, guys. Let me, let me fix the movie for you, Teague. Um, so Steve, uh, the movie is exactly the same as it is up to there. Um, Steve Coogan does his speech. He says, all right, fine, everyone clear. We're going to do it. It's a whole real, you know, it's a whole cinema verite thing. You're never going to know what's, what's coming. He walks off into the jungle, is immediately captured by those drug dealers. And therefore, everything that happens, you know, he doesn't step on a mine. He doesn't blow up. And there's no severed head scene. He just walks off in the jungle. Well, even if he... Yeah, right off the bat. And, I like that. And, well, then, even from, he, and then from then on, the, the events play out exactly the same way. And so in the third act, they're rescuing him sense. along he with also, Nick Nolte you know, and he, he ends up in the Danny chopper McBride with the rest of them. You know, they realize, yeah. Then they realize and they see him and he goes, no, it, none of this has been fucking right. what I've been doing. And right. Then they realize, oh my God, this has been real all along, which they do anyway. There's some tweaks to be made, but right off the bat, that's a movie that I okay, like. Okay, fair more. enough. So, a lot more. So really, and this is... And night. it doesn't break my fucking ninth wall. This going, is Yes, but no, but yes, but This is an indication of... You know how one choice can really change the balance of how a movie works. Because you get the same movie, but the stakes are intact, and you don't go ridiculous for a second, and then everything has to. It's it's nuking the fridge of comedy. And they trade and they traded it for. And like I said, it's nuking it, the. It vault. works. It works as a shock moment, like you know, exactly. the, oh my god, they went there moment. And right. the stakes do go up, and I yeah. don't have a problem with the stakes going up this way. It's awesome. That's great. I love it. Okay, thanks. Green, green light. Get Stiller on the phone. <laughs> Other director's cut. Yeah. Hey, Ben Stiller, we know movies better than you. <laughs> we just have to reshoot just, two shots. Well, uh-huh. He's on Twitter. We can just go, hey, Ben, I thought of a way to fix Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, it might be true. It is, you, know, you never know. You never know what, what there's that little weird moment that turns people off. Well, they, they did say in either the behind the scenes or on the I, commentary that the the extent to with which he plays with the head and kind of uh-huh. does all those things were a late addition. I don't know if it was like a late addition in the writing aspect or something that he kind of improvs. Right. Yeah, it was just an extended. I'm sure it was improv. Sure but it was it's improv, and then they, it's, the it's really a cutting room decision. You right. Know, do we leave it in? Do we use it at all? What That's do we do? Right. I, I really had to fight to not let that turn me off to the movie because yeah. I was enjoying that the movie it was improv? so much. No, the, no that well, it the, existed. The playing with the oh, head. Oh, okay. I had to fight not to let that scene r- just break ruin, your suspension disbelief. Just ru- well, no, just ruin me on the movie because it's so un- such an unpleasant scene and it breaks the tone. I'm so sorry, much. I missed what we were talking about. What is this? We're talking about the severed head still, but and I was like, okay, 
it, it was like a, a the 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 movie then went on probation. Basically, I was like, if you do that shit again, then I'm just gonna I'm done. The movie came in way too late one night, and you you waited up for it. To exactly. See what it was. So, yeah. but unfortunately, you better have the, a good explanation, movie. The movie the movie doesn't go that far again, so it was okay. And yeah. I was like, all right, I don't like that scene, but the rest of it's I enjoyed, so I'm okay. But but I w- I would wish. I, I would wish for a version where that wasn't there, so I like Trey's version. Downey, imagine, imagine this real quick. Hey, Downey's performance right here is so great. It's so it is great. Right. It's so subtle, but so perfectly clear at the same time that he's just trying not to condescend to right. Ben Stiller yeah. so hard. And yet but he failing. is. He's, he's like playing to he's playing to an unseen audience. He's like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that no one's seeing me have this conversation with this putz. Right. Right. I imagine. Imagine this. Imagine that. First of all, this should have happened regardless of the movie that it actually was. But the trailer is this scene, and then. At the end of the scene, as they're walking apart from each other, the music you a cut to something else, and it's just Tropic Thunder in theaters this day. And you just watch the scene play out because it's so fucking great and so funny. The movie that's a trailer for, I love. You see what I'm saying? Where it's these two completely plausible satires of different kind of actors dealing with each other in a real world situation. Is it's fucking firing on all cylinders. I, I, you know, that might be a useless exercise, especially after the fact, but that you know. I would have that as a trailer at least that would have been fucking great. Just the scene, and then it's called Tropic Thunder. I'm in. So here comes here comes your your moment. The full retard. Thing. <laughs> the full but, retard. Speech. But like you were saying, yeah, all the subtleties of and it's it's just like uh, Trey called it out earlier when he was he was sitting there like you know trying to get that scene going. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. other guy wasn't. I'm like. I, I watched Robert Downey Jr. I've, I'm like, I've seen people behave exactly like right. that. Yeah. That is exactly how people act in this situation. <laughs> you're, you're tr- yeah, you're trying really hard not to be a dick because you know being a dick is not going to help the situation right. at all. <laughs> yeah. But God damn, but it's Jesus, so hard. Who put me in the scene with this fucking... <laughs> Amateur. I have uh, to be nice. Talking to the, I have to be nice. And then the you know the, nice. the guy that you're talking to who's supposed to take charge isn't taking charge. So you're like, yeah. all right, I. I have to be nice to this guy because that's going to ruin the scene, and I can't look like I'm undermining this guy because yeah. he's going to get all insecure and there's going to be drama. But I have to find a way to control this situation <laughs> yeah. to get moving forward, or we're not going to get anything done. It's got to be. I mean, that's tough in any situation to be. You know, to just literally like, it's the uh, it's the great line from Broadcast News, the Holly Hunter line, when uh, she's telling you know, so if you haven't seen Broadcast News, it's well worth seeing. But uh, Holly Hunter is, is it's all about people in the news business. And, and uh, there's just a, the greatest line and, and uh, where she's t- the news company, they do the six o'clock news, they're going to do a thing. And Holly Hunter doesn't agree with that idea. And everyone's going to go do that thing. And she tells the boss, she's like, no, this is a mistake. You shouldn't do this. This is you, you don't understand. This is wrong. We can't do this. And the head of the network or whatever that guy is, you know, well outranks her, goes, oh, I see. So we're just automatically just wrong and you're just clearly just right and she goes yeah and he goes wow it must be really nice to always be the smartest one in the room must be so great to just always be the one who's right and she goes with perfect sincerity she goes no it's awful (laughs) (laughs) i think part of the problem might also be the way so so we have an issue with how the actors react to this man literally dying in front of them but then we also, a few scenes later, have Nick Nolte and, and Danny McBride react to the death of a real human being in their world. And and also, on top of that, thinking that Danny McBride is the one responsible for it, and their reaction, I think, that might might even be a bigger problem in terms of that is not real. That's very farcical and convenient plot-wise. They go, oh, no, we well, killed they, him. When, well, they, we when they get... think they killed him, when they think they, they blew him right. up. Right. They discover his remains, and they think that 
it was his explosives that killed him. And they, really, I mean, really, it's like, oh no, you're Nick Nolte says you're in a world of shit. Come on, we better get back to the the resort to blah whatever. And then immediately they're captured by the the Vietnamese guys. But it there's just something about that scene that's very that's not um, that doesn't feel real in terms of in terms of behavior and how you would really react in that situation if it were real. So I, it feels completely real to me. You think so? gonna, Does it? We're in the middle of the jungle. There's got to be a way to cover this shit up so I don't go to jail. Yeah, you know, I think that's the first human reaction to to to. Have. I, I don't. Know. I think, I think most people would. It, I, Danny well, McBride. I think most people in Danny McBride's situation, even a character like Danny McBride, would just break down a little more. Just like go, oh fuck, 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 fuck. And just have some kind of moment well, of because he's he's still got the plausible deniability of saying I didn't put anything here. This isn't my fault, right? You know. Yeah. Um, and then the other guy's not going to freak out because he's like, I was, I wrote, yeah. a, we're making a movie about my experiences in Vietnam, and I didn't even fucking like this guy. I'm not, I'm not that worried about. But then know, we find out dead. two seconds later that his experiences are fake. Oh, and that he was never in Vietnam. Same and that scene, literally. Two seconds literally later. in the same scene. You know, thirty seconds later. Yeah, but later. I, but the issue is 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 that James Frey. He never believes, except when he once he finds the evidence, goes, "Wait, no, I didn't kill this guy. It's not my right. fault." You know, there was a moment where he's like panicking, going, "We got to cover it up." Oh no! But then he's like, "Wait a minute, this this isn't this isn't what I did. I didn't do this." So it's still bad, <laughs> but, it's <laughs> but it's not, not my yeah, fault. Yeah, the fact they're like, "Wow, okay," but uh, but I think it is. Well, Nick Nolte's reaction. Because he's playing a guy who's right. like seen it all and mm-hmm. you know been in the shit. He's like, yeah, guy blew up. Well, let's get back to the hotel. You know that that is an appropriate reaction for the character he's trying to be. Right for Nick Nolte's character, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great little visual effect, by the way. That's a bird. Digi- di- the, the it's bat, a bat. Yeah. Digital bat. bat comes in. It looks like a bird, his, though. Yeah, it's, they, it's, I mean, they it, say he comes it. back in later in a sec with it, with it, with it. It's a bat. I liked earlier some of the uh, his <laughs> bit with the jelly beans. Like he's pouring the powder in his hand, and yeah. the guy comes up and he's <laughs> yeah, and he <laughs> throws it in the air. We like, jelly beans. That was yeah. very funny. Jack Black. I Jack Black is another guy that you know. It, it's like in a lot of movies. It's like if you like Jack Black, you'll like this movie with Jack Black in it. Yeah. If you don't like Jack Black, you're not gonna like this Just movie that has away. Jack Black in it. Um, and I think he really finds a nice through line here from the you know the sort of. Yes, I love the the high fidelity Jack Black. I love that one. I like him in King Kong. Um, I don't like him in The Holiday, where they totally nutted him and took everything out of him that was like, well, that could have been anyone playing that role because he's not even Jack Black anymore. He's all like sedate and calm. Is that the one where he falls in love with what's her name? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, yeah. 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 I think I heard it from Gregory Harbin on the forums, uh, the term a horseradish character. Where little, like a little yeah. bit of that character enough, on your yeah. salad gives it this wonderful. But you don't like a book out and, of it, and, yeah. And that holds true in what I'm doing in my head right now, trying to go back all the times I've really liked Jack Black in movies. I, I love him in High Fidelity. I really like him here. I think he's really. All well, the so that's here what, are doing great that's what I'm getting too. at. He 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 finds a he's really good through line between he is playing a character who's obviously a caricature. But as we said, he feels like the most real character in the movie yeah. too. Right, it's like this exactly. guy really could exist. And you the uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I just found it on Netflix Instant because I was just like, oh, what the hell? Where was this? And I watched it. It was a movie from 1999 called Jesus's Son. Have you seen this? It's about Billy Crudup, and he plays sort of a I don't know what I want to do with my life kind of guy. And at well, and he's just sort of it's sort of Forrest Gumpian structure. It goes through several years of his life, and he has different friends for you know 15 minutes in the movie here and there and everywhere. And Jack Black came in to play this. Uh, Billy Crudup is a druggie. He plays this like druggie friend of his, and he's not doing wacky manic singing and doing kind of rock and roll Jack Black. He's just kind of skitzy. He's just kind of freaking out, and he was wonderful in that too. Uh, Jesus's Son was the name of that movie. Uh, it's on Netflix. I don't know. Maybe he's just uh, you really got to know how to use your Jack Blacks. 
<laughs> yes. Jack Black a is... A little bit goes a long way. It's like wasabi or horseradish. <laughs> yeah, it was horseradish. Yeah. Wasabi for the for the international crowd. Yeah. It's like a wasabi character. Strange that Harbin, who spent so much time in Japan, would say horseradish, not wasabi. <laughs> yeah, that wasabi, yeah. Maybe he's full of shit. Maybe he yes. was translating it for the Americans. <laughs> yes, there you go. True enough. Maybe he was condescending. <laughs> no. That can't be it. I love that he throws it twice. Yeah, he throws it twice. Yeah, because it, it, it bounces right back at him the first time. So he just goes, oh, I'll throw it again. So he actually does a pretty, you know, and he says in the commentary, um, this, it's not a very inspiring commentary other than it's hysterical that Downey is still in the real commentary being, yeah, you're good in that scene. He, you know, he's himself, but he's the character still. He's not saying anything insightful himself. Yeah, but he's no one still, says anything insightful. Character. They're really kind of struggling to find something to say. But, uh, but, um, but so it's it's it'll it, be us in half an hour. It yeah, does, look it how does, well we're doing. It yeah. does boil down to well, we accidentally watched the director's cut as well, so yeah. we've got ten more minutes to fill than we would have. But, but uh, the black does mention it's like he said he literally tried to research like, but there's he said there's no good footage of someone having withdrawal. I mean, there's no oh. like. There's people acting withdrawal, but it's like, what does it actually look like when people are having withdrawal? So he had to kind of like, okay, I guess withdrawal goes like this. And uh, uh, See, my question is, why didn't he just ask Robert Downey Jr.? (laughs) He's right there. That's true. (laughs) He could have... He I'm sure he, he could have helped. He should have. Been, well, how they missed that joke in the commentary that's, too. That's, I was waiting for that joke in yeah. the commentary. You could have asked me. Although, because yeah. I mean, the great thing is, is, is if you. Saw I this, kind of almost picture you know Stiller and Jack looking at each other, going, "Should we fucking say it? Or should we should say the joke? No, well, see, we but the, the thing joke? is, no, he's would, doing the last thing. But I would, but I would think so, yes, and now it becomes a joke on top of a joke. But then, but also on the the edition, I assume if you watch the special features, they have that great MTV Music Awards right. video where. If you've ever seen that, it's it comes with the, the edition I have too. Is is it was one of the promo pieces they did for the MTV Music Awards to you know for for whatever categories you know this thing was was nominated for, and it's it's Black and Downey and uh, Stiller trying to come up with a fun viral video, and they just had this thing where 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 um, basically they just come up with an idea that that uh, Downey just beats the shit out of Jack Black mm-hmm. and just keeps beating him up and like viral video, yeah. But he ends up killing him, and then he's literally like he's literally like they blow his head off. They actually they stuff a they stuff a explosive up his nose and blow his head off. And then Downey immediately goes, "Well, I gotta get out of here, man. I got priors. I can't be part of this." And he, <laughs> but I thought that was pretty brave. Just yeah. the fact for him to go, "I gotta go. I got priors." You know, like all right, so yeah, he's not pretending that we don't know. So that's cool. So. They, they make another joke. I forget what it is, but they make another joke in the beginning of you like don't, some, you don't say some. Well, the difference is somebody either Stiller or Black needle him about it. Like they use it as a dig. I forget what the dig is exactly, but 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 I, it never occurred to me. It's like Jack Black said, "I don't know what going through withdrawals like," and, and Downey didn't pick up that football at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't you ask me? Yeah. Shit, 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 Maybe he doesn't remember because maybe yeah. it's a little blurred to him as well. Who knows? But. Yeah, well, I mean, Downey, Downey is the kind of person who's like, I'm not going to pretend that I did. Like, everyone fucking knows <laughs> yeah. that I had a 10-year meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just going to. It's not like we, we swept that under the rug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, who knows? Maybe Lindsay Lohan will turn into a productive member of society in a, in a few more years. Yeah, wait, wait, one, two, <laughs> three. Nah. Yeah. No. No. She's still. I've still got her in the Deadpool. My money's still on that. That she's never <laughs> one of the Deadpool. She's. She's. You, right n- you in never line. know, though. I mean, I mean, no one was expecting Downey to turn no. around. Certainly. Yeah, but clearly Downey, after after his third he's strike, been good. Was like, Lindsay Lohan was kind of good. Lindsay Lohan was, was, fine. She was good. Yeah, she was, she was good in Mean Girls, and I thought she was okay in yeah. Trap. But like Robert Downey Jr. was always like, even in Weird Science and little bit roles, it's like, God, that's a fucking charismatic. No, guy. it's absolutely true. Like, like. 
I I that, we're just waiting for that guy yeah. to clean up. I yeah. hadn't seen Robert Downey in a lot of stuff, but I you know obviously heard about him and you know because he was always in the tabloids and stuff like that, being like Robert Downey got sent to jail again, and so his his movie's been set back you know another six months or whatever uh, that he's working on. And I was like, why do people keep hiring him? The the insurance yeah. has got to be crazy, and he keeps screwing up the productions and stuff like that. And then finally, I saw him in some. I think it was even Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And like he it went was that late. Oh, and then I was like, oh yeah, I I. Be I'd fucking, hire him too. I'd yeah. be bailing him out and taking the insurance yeah, hit too. I, that's actually a, <laughs> it's going to give you one more chance. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, of the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang guys, it's a bigger gamble with Vin Vin Diesel. Fuck me, Val Kilmer. Because as as much as I love Val Kilmer in movies, I've heard he is three times that of a pain in the ass. Oh, I've heard all the time. I, I've heard he's, 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 he's a total, rough one. Yeah, he's he's tough to work with, but he's he's. He's unpleasant to work with, but he's not going to get arrested and screw up your sure, entire production. Sure, the insurance yeah. isn't an issue with Val Not Kilmer. usually, yeah. I mean, this, uh, this, by the way, they say this is another improv. This Jay Baruchel actually would yammer on about HD DVD versus Blu-ray. <laughs> and they just said, all right, just let's just shoot that. Just go. Just do it. And Downey's just, shut up. Just stop talking. <laughs> just please. And they said they actually had to go back because at the time. Because he actually said HD HDD was going to be the winner. HDD would win. Yeah. I think that's a lot greatest. of people thought that. Yeah, that's, that's the greatest put down of all time. And by the way, the are whole, you talking to me? <laughs> it's a pretty good comeback to too. It's, I was just <laughs> talking to anyone who was listening to me. Yeah, that's the fucking that's the motto down in front, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, Hi, the I never got the whole. Now it sounds great. It's one of those things that sounds really plausible, like a good conspiracy theory. The whole the porn industry will adopt whichever one, and that one wins. It's but, essentially true. But who? It really is true. Who really? Uh, okay. In that yeah, case, I, I guess I, re- I, re- I, retract my, yeah. I retract my uh, skepticism. But in 20, 2007 or whatever that happened, who buys porn? Who buys I porn? Who, bu- who would want it on Blu-ray, by the way? But yeah. <laughs> really. Good well, that, that's yeah. a whole issue that the porn industry was dealing on its own self. Yeah, but they were making but people still buy. I was in Odyssey Video the like, other I day. I understand and a guy why VHS out. was the case. Because it's like yeah. VHS was before everyone had streaming porn everywhere on the internet. But now it's like, you're going to go buy a Blu-ray <laughs> of, like, a bang bus scene? I don't know, man. Ooh, I don't see how that's much. I can see yeah. how it's a factor, but Not it's not everyone like... everyone has high-speed internet. I guess that's true, yeah. But, but they, they have... do have a Blu-ray. Blu-ray. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Hey, I Blu-rays just, have that always Blu-ray. sounded weird to me. Like, it's it sounds really... It's really catchy thing to say, you know, whichever one the porn It's a very is. Freakonomics kind of a thing right. to... Yeah. And yeah. I can definitely should, see that in VHS. Freakonomics should get on that. Okay, why are people still buying porn when it's <laughs> so readily available everywhere else? But yeah, that that was what I heard. Everyone's like, "Which one's the porn? What, who's what's porn gonna go with?" Because and, and people were saying that they're like, people don't even buy like discs for porn anymore, as far as we know. But for some reason, it just seems like that's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm really baffled that the Blu-ray. porn industry is able to stay afloat like monetarily. Well, I guess the, it's gotten so much cheaper with you know modern cameras. But that, still. that was a big deal. But the porn industry is actually the you know helping the the rest of the movie industry because um, they're very concerned about piracy. Piracy is what's killing the porn industry. <laughs> Um, I definitely see that. Yeah, so you know, and so piracy is <laughs> piracy. The porn industry is very, very strong on anti-piracy. So there's really an alliance between the mainstream movie industry and the porn industry about how to how to combat piracy. Hey, now, the, the, the left the left yeah, field yeah. arena, arena reference. Yeah. I, st- I don't I don't know why, it's but a, I love it. It's a trademark of Steelers because it shows up in Zoolander. Too. Oh, is that right? And, yeah. and the that cable particular guy. episode, the cable guy, the, the guys. That that particular episode, the episode of maybe Ben Stiller is James. Oh no no the, yeah. the the cable guy references is the I don't Kirk remember and Spock. I don't right? I don't not, I don't remember Star Trek to that uh, or Zoolander uh, Star Trek reference. I, the, I haven't seen Cable Guy in a long time. In so. the, in uh, because they go to medieval times and they have to fight oh, yes. and yes, yes, Carrie yes, singing yes, the, yes. the the cue oh, from that right. the cue. What was Zoolander's? I remember the 2001 reference. 
I don't remember a Star Trek reference in Zoolander. But then again, when I last saw Zoolander, I hadn't seen any Star Trek. God, those were good I times. I haven't seen Zoolander in a long time. Wow, we have like all the right information, <laughs> but we're just divided so, away. Yeah. We, have, we have anything, exactly so. complimentary information. And that would experience. be wonderful if we yeah. had even a little bit of the others. Now, this this panda head makes the Coogan head look like look like a work of art because this is a. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, looks like a stuffed animal. The panda head looks like Jack Black's character from Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, yeah. but it is Whoa. it is again. Oh, this was before Kung Fu Panda. Right? It, no, it was after. It was after. It's, uh, yeah. They talk about that. They, <laughs> oh, they rib each other. They rib <laughs> each other in the commentary. They talk about how it's like Are you taking trying to take the piss out of my Kung Fu Panda. Thing? You're trying to take away my livelihood. Yeah, man. it's like you, is that a commentary you're making, Stiller? And but like, but no, no. But of course, the it's supposed to be silly. It's supposed to look like a stuffed animal. I, th- I I'm, I'm going to give him that. If much it was credit. an authentically yeah. like messed because up, because it's, it's much funnier. It's in funny. that it's, shot. If it's Steve Coogan's head, that's funny. But yeah. if it's a panda, that's, that's just, just sad. wrong. Yeah. I had well, that would have been the pro- that would have been the part that killed it for me if it had been like a real looking panda. <laughs> yeah. I said this movie this was on probation. Is, if again, if it looked like a real panda with its head caved in yeah. and blood everywhere. Movies are so movies are so just like that joke yeah. about the Nazis. It's like we're going to kill six million Jews and a clown. Yeah. <laughs> Why a clown? See, no one cares about the Jews. <laughs> 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 it's movies are like that. It's amazing how movies are like that. I was I was going to say like a minute ago that part actually breaks my set. This whole bit breaks my goodwill with this movie far more than the Steve Coogan head because really? yeah because you're already breaking the line of reality of that a panda bear would attack you in the first place. Right. Yeah. That's already a joke that completely throws reality out the window. And then to then, to then keep going with it by wearing it as a suit and the fact that it's not a good prosthetic <laughs> yeah, in itself. It's, it's just like it's three strikes against it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it works for me because he's lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. the girl from Community. It is. Yep. Who's completely an extra. She, I mean, yeah. she must have She was also in an episode of, I don't know if you guys watched The Office. There was one episode where Mike Scott or Dwight, I don't remember who it was, went to work at like Staples or something, a different paper, like a consumer or a corporate paper company, and she was his, like, friend employee there, and she had a lot of lines there. I love okay. that his... She's his, been around that, forever. That's, uh, that's good information. People can read this shit on IMDb, too, but they don't. They hear it here, <laughs> man. <laughs> they come to us first, and then IMDb. I do, I do, um, I do love the gag about the agent being like, all right, oh, you kill okay. the hooker, here's... <laughs> yeah, he goes, so right of passage. goes here's right into action on this <laughs> yeah. one. Like, okay. he, he, knows, he knows the this points. One, you need bleach, yeah. you need this, you need that. This yeah. one I know how to handle. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's bringing it, too. I really got to buy him. He was apparently a late addition. Uh, someone else was going to play the role. I forget. Maybe they said, but uh, it was kind of like he was a last minute. Hey, McConaughey, well, can you do this one? this would have been a one-day one? thing. Yeah. McConaughey yeah. can pull Well, it's more on. than one day because he has the whole uh, – he has the jungles. He's in the jungle scene, too. Oh, so. that's true. And, the, but, and the, uh, all the stuff in, uh, and, uh, in Tom Cruise. Which is about office. to come up, The uh, the where we really see Tom Cruise in action, which is fantastic. Owen Wilson. They're showing the chat, and that's right. Yes, it was Owen Wilson. And, he, and, and he, then he had his suicide. He had to go and try and commit suicide, so that knocked him out. So Have you seen Bottle Rocket? My God. I would be – I would I made that joke about Drillbit Taylor just the other night. <laughs> oh, we were is. like, there she is. She's got a, there's her line. Because yeah. she didn't, oh. this, again, this is director's cut, so so she doesn't have a line in the. In yeah. the uh, okay. I don't remember this scene, so did I watch the director's cut? I don't know. Isn't no. this your video? This is no. Mine. This is... I don't know where the hell it came from, but it's on my piano. With a bunch okay. of other DVDs that we I didn't buy. Brian brought a copy, I brought a copy, and we're watching the wrong copy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somehow, yep. after you said, does anyone have those videos? Right, and I didn't know I had it. Oh, and right. then it was already in the Blu-ray player from last night, and I was like, oh, here it is, and I just started it up. I didn't realize it was the director's cut. Anyway, I seriously don't, I own like four DVDs, and there are three of them are movies I worked on. I don't know whose DVDs these all are. 
<laughs> I truly don't. I thought they were all lot. Brian's, and then he moved out. I'm like, thanks. And he's like, they're not mine. I have no idea whose DVDs these are. There's like 200 DVDs right here. Aren't they all Bose? No, no, they were here before he was. <laughs> this right, is fascinating Mickey, Mickey for all the big listeners. Book. Yeah, those DVDs burned down uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> anyway, wait, those aren't yours? Because I'll the, just here's, take them. here's where the movie. <laughs> they're mine. Them, here's where the movie gets farcical to me. Is like you know the the uh, this serious Australian actor actually gets authentically offended if you mock Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that man's a national treasure. <laughs> I mean, the fact that that's, that's crossing the line for him. That he's not, he, he, really, he literally will not accept that. Yeah, I, I can see that. But the, this, but, this, but his, this scene oh, this here is amazing. His, his, his attempt to reconcile with. So fantastic. It, with yeah. Alpo. And I can word. actually buy, this plays into satire. This isn't wacky for me. Yeah. Because I can buy that this guy got so into character that he feels the pain of 400 years yeah. of oppression. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I also love. Because he would have built that with 10 seconds after having, you know, been authentically Australian right. about. Another Crocodile note that rings true for me, and I love it, is that the most humble and normal actor is Jay Baruchel. And like when the bomb goes off, he's like, oh, it looks like it must have been this thing from the whatever, whatever war. And yeah. she's like, high five actor in the movie who's a fake actor in the fake <laughs> yeah. movie, who's like doing research on the shit that he should be doing research on. That's so cool. There's a, is it a deleted scene or is it in the actual movie or maybe in the director's cut? I don't know, Which? but there, where he's... He, he 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 says some piece of information you know as he does throughout the movie and the other guys are like how do you know that that's well, why i read the book to... wait you, the book that's the is that the effects guy who says he read the book or is the, the effects, effects guy says, says it's like his uh, it's his bible it's it's his 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 the thing about barrel show's character is he he was the only one who actually you know cuz he wasn't the big star he was the only one who actually went to the boot camp right so so they and they in the uh, scene that's uh, the added scene of the party they make a bigger thing out of that that wasn't there but they say it anyway multiple times like you actually went to the boot camp cuz these other guys are like way too big a deal to like have done that right you know tom hanks went to boot camp twice (laughs) fuck all you yeah let's just shows you how you know i'm so in love with some star but he he also went to space camp yeah so did i so did i but he got to do it for a movie he also grew his beard and starved himself for a year to look like he was on a desert island i did that just for a podcast yeah (laughs) so did that for my high school reunion i did that yeah jay baruchel is the one who's like meh in the end, in the end, he's kind of the one who's the you know he's the one who says you know fuck it we'll fix him later. Just, <laughs> he's the he's the realist of the group. And what else is on to some kind of crazy trip of or one, one kind or another? Now here we go. Let's talk about Rennie Harlan. They're going <laughs> talking about having a conversation about Rennie Harlan, and Andrew Dice Clay, and Cliffhanger. <laughs> Cliffhanger's you know? incredible. I love it. I, I love the complete non sequitur. Just like yeah, Rennie Harlan's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is uh, that's awesome. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't don't want to hear that. I've had so many of those conversations with people who massively outrank me. <laughs> that's my that's my go to thing. Where when when I and you know this is all I may have been wrong, but whenever I detect that it would be appropriate to do a thing like that with someone who's massively outranking me, and it happens a lot working in Hollywood, you just sort of slide in like a, you know, did you ever see uh you know Ghostbusters two? You know that moment where it's and the, and the other person you kind of hope goes oh hell yeah fucking that, and then you have that little moment. And then for the rest of the relationship, whatever the even the massively the superior inferior thing going on, it's still sort of like a high five kind of thing. So I like those moments, even though the shut the fuck up punchline kind of shuts me down. <laughs> this here yet another extended scene. This whole yeah, this I don't whole, remember this. Yeah, at all. I don't remember this either. So I'm yeah. really confused at this point. Also, then you didn't watch the I guess I didn't. cut either. So that's all right. But there were scenes that you were saying that you hadn't seen that the, I did Like see. that whole party scene is not uh, part of the Yeah, I cut. remember the party scene from watching it last night. Maybe you saw the director's theatrical cut. Maybe you dozed off. Maybe <laughs> I'm just a schizophrenic, and I was out being Tyler Durden for several seconds at a time, there I guess. There you go. 
couldn't get much done. It's a good thing Tyler Durden had like a whole night every every night because if he had like a two hour thing, he would have gotten like dressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten like three blocks away and then turned back into Edward Norton. I love. I I like. Uh, I do like the addition of this scene though because now he gets into this this awful situation because he's bad at improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's the been, he, he was the guy was trying to be nice and he thought he was in a, a mean interrogation scene, so he was denying the other guy's input. <laughs> yeah. And that's what got him into yeah, trouble. See, that's the, the number one rule of improv. That and he's bad at stunts too. Yeah. Right? He's like, "Oh dude, I was trying, you, you leaned into that. I was trying not to, you know. <laughs> totally trying not to hit you." But see, I I I like the way the cut works and the the way I remember it, where you know, as he's getting trotted off after the scene where he's brought into the camp in the first place, he goes, "Okay, great, can we do the torture scene now?" And, yeah. and we just cut just straight cut to straight him to being the, lifted out of the water and going, yelling, "Cut, cut, cut!" cut. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is which is here. We're now we're now we're there. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. So yeah, once again, Jay Baruchel, Captain Captain Exposition, and the Golden Triangle, and then blah blah blah. Okay. He's he's now become the authority on yeah, everything. Right, like they just they just defer to him. They're like, okay, you learn things on yeah. the internet and so, repeat them. I love so, Jack Black's little thing when they say that's going to be you know there's going to be ten billion pounds of heroin down there. And he's a little <laughs> reaction, but there's an, and I have to. It's going to happen very quickly too. Um, it's coming up fairly soon. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite of, of a lot of moments of Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise's reaction when Matthew McConaughey comes in the room for the first mm-hmm. time. His facial expression. Um, because, it, and the scene's gonna we're gonna get to the scene any second. So, it, and it'll be, I won't be able to talk about it when it happens. So, watch for it. But the obvious choice, the easy choice, would be McConaughey comes in and and Cruz is playing this character who's like you know in your face. So they would go, "What are you doing in my office?" Blah 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 blah. Instead, what he does is he just sort of sits back and he gets this little smile on his face, like, <laughs> "Oh, here it comes." <laughs> And it just it tells you everything oh, he you wants need. to play. Yeah, it, t- it tells you everything you need to know about that character and that one little facial expression. Like this is the part he likes. This yeah. is the part he lives for. It's like, oh, okay. I get to be the cliche <laughs> of the person that I've yeah self consciously decided I wanted to be. Let's yeah. let's do this. Someone's, yeah. someone's bursting into my office all pissed off. My day is complete. <laughs> let's go. And and he just has this little sort of happy like, yeah, bring it. And it's just again. Cruz, damn it, why did you have to be crazy? Yeah. Cruz, you're one of our best actors. Being crazy probably helped, though. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it honest. does. I don't know. But uh, Now, didn't t- chronologically speaking, this movie was in 2007? Eight. 2008. 2008. Would that be when Cruz was kind of in the doghouse for jumping on Oprah's couch? That was earlier. That, that was, was like, earlier than that? That, that was, was around the same time of, that was like, Around the same time of yeah, two thousand five. I think that was Batman Begins, right around then. Okay, because oh, okay. Katie, Katie Holmes, Holmes was so, in Batman yeah. Begins. Okay, okay. So still, but he was still kind of like eh, kind of cruise, crazy couch jumping dude. Yeah, um, and because and also isn't Collateral in there somewhere? Collateral was the first thing he did after that episode. Wasn't See, I wish because I wish he's like he's like other actors we have. That's like I wish, I wish they would let him more often. Or maybe you know let him he let him do him, let he would let himself whether those how those decisions are getting made but you know it's like yes if you show up and you be Tom Cruise people will come see your movie yes they'll see Night and Day except they didn't see Night and Day when he showed yep. up to be Tom Cruise um, so that's not a given anymore and yet he can pull a character like this out which is yeah, like yeah. this is you are a great actor. You don't yeah. have to keep being the Tom Cruise guy all the time. Yeah, instead of being the the leading man, be a character actor every so yeah. often, yeah. you know? And it it's it does great, but then again, because he's Tom Cruise, they don't want to spend him 20 million to be the character actor because he's going to get his right yeah, either way for half a dozen scenes. Yeah. It it's it's remarkable to me because, you know, 
doing things like that takes work. It takes a lot of preparation, and like anything else, it takes a lot of practice to to get good at that. So where, at what point in his day is he really working on these voices and these <laughs> movements and like yeah. what? How does that fit into his schedule of where he has to be Tom Cruise for the rest of the day? Yeah. Like, just how is he carving out that time in his life to to get good at being this amazing character actor? But well, I'm sure part of it is is this particular character. He knows this guy. That's <laughs> He's true. He's dealt with this true. guy. He knows this guy. <laughs> and he bra- and one of the most amazing things is uh, they mentioned in the commentary and in the special features the whole idea of the dancing, the hip hop dancing. Uh, totally, why is it in Glendale? Totally cruises. It's not idea. in Glendale. That's the NBC Universal building. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. The whole no, the whole no, no. the whole hip hop dance thing was Cruz brought that. That's over by where the two goes south into the not the two the yeah the two goes south yeah. into the city. No, no, no. That was definitely the NBC Universal building because you could <laughs> see, see the there's the expression right like, yeah? what do you need? Pack? Here it is. Oh, do it. No, but if you were at that angle, you wouldn't have seen LA in the background. Well, they probably LA is way off to the left. They probably faked the angle to get that view of downtown. I think they probably faked the building. Oh my God, that's uh, such okay, a crazy. Yeah. However, they faked we'll it. They faked it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Does it? Actually, but I was. Doesn't actually say a magic corp on it, or does it? Is that yeah. it does, that's a real building? Oh no, that? no, 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 no. The image corp is on. is yeah. fake. It says okay. NBC Universal. Yeah. Now this is a great, also a great prosthetic job too. Oh yeah. Fantastic, for, including his hands. Yeah, I mean, his hands are fake. They gave him these gigantic Ernest Borgnine forearms, these Popeye forearms, which really brings a lot to the character. Um, just he he's uh, supposedly you know they say that, and I can see how it could happen. That a lot of people watched this movie and didn't realize they were looking at Tom Cruise at all, which right. I think <laughs> is you know the ultimate compliment. Other than his voice, you it, you can't see him in there at all. Yeah, it's it's yeah. But it's, the voice is very distinctive. The voice is very distinctive, but if you're not seeing Tom Cruise, I don't know if you necessarily place that you know, place it that, that that's Tom Cruise. I I love this comedy of errors going on yes, right here. This, the this is farce. This is purely how farce works. <laughs> yes. Right. This is a Three's Company episode, and Three's Company was <laughs> a half hour farce every week. Now, to me, Flaming Dragons doesn't sound very much. Like, I'm not sure I would buy Does that. It as sound an like an agency name. name? But I would totally buy that as a production company name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Flaming Dragons. What the? F- <laughs> you have some bullshit office in Santa yeah. Monica. Maybe they're a management team. There you <laughs> Flaming go. Dragons. You know, because that could work. <laughs> literally fuck your own face. Literally, literally fuck, fuck your, your own, own face. face. <laughs> and then, actually, you know, there's there's a thing, and this again, chapter seventeen. Trey hates the internet. He has a thing coming up. Um, it's not in this scene. It's the next scene when they're talking about what are we going to do, and he he spins the idea. of like, we're not going to do anything. We're going to let them mm-hmm. kill him because that's a better business move for us. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he talks about how he has this whole speech, this whole sort of his whole little you know snake in the in the Garden of Eden speech where he's seducing uh, um, the agent and just says. Uh, you know he's a he's a white dwarf on his way to a black hole, and you know the universe is speaking to us right now, and all that. <laughs> someone, it's an IMDb or something. Someone actually had to correct that a white dwarf does not become a black hole. It's like, oh my, <laughs> that I, is a, that is what I was thinking. I just hate you. That. <laughs> I hate you, but, internet, so hard. But right I wasn't now. going to say. I, it. I yeah. thought it, but I did not go to the internet to say it. Yeah. Yes, it's the it's the unreliable narrative. See, that's because he's just saying shit. It's not actually a science lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's not actually a physicist in yeah. the movie. But no, someone has to make sure that we recognize. Mm. Everyone all... needs to understand. But well, to be fair, people don't understand science well enough. You gotta you gotta counteract that anywhere it comes up. Yeah. in popular yeah. culture. Who I all think. is Tom Cruise doing there? Obviously, the word less comes from Les Moonves. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Les Nesman from uh, Les Nesman? WKRP in Cincinnati. Well, no, it's, no, it's, 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 it's almost certainly Moonves. Les Moonves, the head of CBS? 
What would that have like to do with anything? Say, well, he's a head executive. Okay. It's he's, they got the name. He's certainly he's certainly but the a, character. He's a pastiche of a bunch of. I mean, yeah. that's that's I'm definitely some Bob Weinstein. That's what I've heard of Weinstein. Yeah, yeah that exactly. To me, he he, well, he looks just like uh, um, Joel Ford? Siegel. Oh. Uh, and uh, Joel Siegel and uh, and um, also Scott Rudin. He's really actually more Scott Rudin. I think. Yeah. Plus, I also think I have absolutely no evidence to back this up. Herman Cain. I think that's just <laughs> what Michael Eisner is like. That's, in this like office yeah. with a bunch of Mickeys and plushes and shit like that. <laughs> I will fuck you up. Eisner's supposed to be fairly low key. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's funny to think uh, that because have you ever te- like have you have you heard Michael Eisner talk in interviews? He's got kind of a kind of a mob sounding voice. It's so fucking <laughs> funny because you just watch him. It's like he, he looks like a hitman. He looks like Jack Nicholson in The Departed. Like fucking. I, I think the thing he's about, not even at Disney anymore. That's but. that's it. I, I think that was uh, his approach for a long time. It's weird because Eisner apparently he was. He was really good creatively, but then he had to run the company, and he became like this mobster about it, and and totally screwed everything up. And they they had to you know replace him. Who's the guy his, that he got? He had his Murder Incorporated, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Jew sidekick. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what the hell is that guy? Now he's now he's with uh, the other Jews in that company. They have DreamWorks. Oh, uh, um, Katzenberg. Katzenberg. Yeah, yeah I he- shouldn't have. V- validated that with an actual <laughs> response. You're a racist commissioner. Now I'm part of it. Now yeah. I'm part of it. Who's 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 the Jewy guy? I'm you know, you know the, Jew, the, the, Jew, Jew, the really Jewy one. The really Jewy one in Hollywood. Yeah. Th- yeah. Who are the three Jews? The, the Katzenberg, Spielberg, <laughs> and the other one. Geffenberg. 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 In the chat room, Ewing says, "I can't wait for them to thaw old Walt Disney and then Demolition Man becomes a reality where he has to kill Michael Eisner." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, he'd go after Katzenberg. Yeah, it would be Katzenberg. He would go after. And spe- yeah, because because the Jews exactly. That's <laughs> he's my gotta, point. <laughs> he's got to kill the Jews. That's, so, that's Disney's thing. So Jack Black's little Here plan that, that he talks about. Yeah, here's a line about. Oh, I read the book. Uh, Jack Black's little plan about built uh, catapulting themselves over the wall was apparently at one point the actual third act of the film. <laughs> and at some point, Ben Stiller realized how stupid that's that would nah, be. Anyway, okay, somebody in the movie has to say how stupid this is, and then be told how stupid it is. Well, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> hanging that lantern. That's one of the better uses of what does that even mean, which is a, you know a trope of its own. That's kind of like it's a little bit old, but the fact that he's, I don't read the script, the script reads me. You know, Rochelle, I think it's legitimate to respond with, "What does that even mean?" That is a fair response to that yeah. question. Who is the actor playing Homeboy here? I forget what his name is. TJ something, right? Ask the guy who's in front of the computer with the IMDb page. Yeah. Hey, can you look it up? No, yeah, the character's name is Al Pacino. Al Pacino, that's right. that's right. yes, <laughs> that's easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that joke in seventh grade in Mr. Brandon, Burnett's newspaper class. Brandon T. Jackson. There What's you he go. Uh, movies mostly. Mostly this one. Mostly this one. Fast and Furious, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and the incredibly long title with the Lightning Thief. Uh, okay, here we mama. go. Oh, right on. Okay, cool. So stuff. I was just wondering if he was really like a music guy or not, because I don't think I recognize. No, him. he's 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 only like 22 in this. He's a kid. This really? is like his first real thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good for him. Let's see what it is. He's good. Like. He's got the char- he's got that charisma. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that, that. There's this whole war room. Yeah. In the <laughs> in the com- movie yeah. executives' yeah. office, yeah. he's literally set up like it's the CIA. Yeah. They, you know, which is probably true. You know, they yeah. probably have like you know. That's been my my little tiny bit of experience with with people at that level. It's like literally, it's like you can just ask them a question, like, "So who's in charge of the and and somehow they just get that information." Yeah, they have like a research. You know, it's like it's they just get it. Another you know? subtle subtle gag. There's this whole there's this whole war scene going on around him. The whole CIA. This guy's whispering in his ear. Blah 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 blah. 
then the call comes in and we see it's not focused on but he just puts it away he's been reading maxim yes <laughs> everyone else is he's working reading he's reading maxim yeah. i i love his line where we don't negotiate with terrorists it's, it's like, also an improv uh, it, an improv yeah not scripted but uh, yeah so just fantastic uh, <laughs> we don't negotiate clap, with clap, terrorists clap, 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 clap. This, this is this is a bit of a trope too the the you know the guy surrounded by the sycophantic like oh yes oh yes oh yes and yet you can't say it isn't also real. Yeah. <laughs> it also is true that this this does happen and this exists. For their pay, I think I could be that guy. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was right. yeah. good, good, good. That's the uh, that's the David Mamet thing. That's the David this uh David Mamet has a whole theory about how when someone gets to that level and not necessarily in the in the movie business, but any, you know, now the 1% if you want to get all occupy Wall Street with the terminology, but you know, when you get to that level, you literally can't be any more ostentatious. You can't like, you know, it's not like people can see that fourth house you bought. They can't see the third jet. So you, 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 the only level you can do at that point is you can make even my fucking ball licking sycophants all drive Lexuses. You know, it's like you, you start just sharing the wealth downwards. Like, yeah, I have a terrible job where I have to cater this evil evil Reagan per- was right I have to cater to this evil person's whims but no. I make but I make an amazing amount of money yeah. doing it because that's that's like you know, I'm so rich my fucking slaves are rich that's how rich I am so that's that's Mamet's theory is that's that's the only way you is that you just make you make all your useless underlings also rich that's the new conspicuous consumption IMDb is full of shit <laughs> well, it is the internet. Well, even even the wait, wait, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Support that, your claim. That is a director's trademark, Brian. <laughs> That's right. Being full no, of shit. It says, um, it says here that you know, like his character Robert Downey Jr. is also a method actor, and he would stay in character even when the cameras weren't rolling. If you watch the behind the scenes of this, they mm-hmm. have what is actually a really awesome feature. They there's several scenes where they just uh, they're just doing improv and they're they're doing and they're kind of doing it over and over and over again. And they include the full magazine of film from that from that thing. Yes. And you can see in those full magazines, you know, you know, Ben Stiller is in it with Robert Downey Jr. And go, okay, let's do it one more time. We'll do it like this this time. And uh, okay. And then they're like, okay, uh, Sarah, what was my line? It was this and that. And Robert Downey Jr. clearly breaks yeah, character clearly to not say it. Staying in character. Yeah. yeah. By Maybe the way, he's staying in character sometimes. When Tom Cruise is doing the the hip hop dancing and stuff in this fat suit and everything, I. I I see George Lucas. I don't know why. (laughs) I've never seen George Lucas hip hop dance, but like that's in my head. That's what he does. In the office, he sends everyone out of the office. That actually would be Everybody, I'm about to get crunk. Yeah. That actually would be great. Everyone leave me now. Drop drop the fat beats before you go. (laughs) Put on that thing I like. Make sure the fat beats rhyme. (laughs) In the context of this conversation, it works. Outside, make sure the fat beats rhyme means nothing at all. <laughs> nothing. That is a very inside baseball joke. If the baseball game is the conversation. You can actually see yeah. how small a person Tom Cruise is here. They, well, they let Matthew that McConaughey is, yeah. a, is a big person. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey is a, a, well, Matthew McConaughey is like a normal-sized person. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tom Cruise is a tiny person in real life. You know who else can really dance in addition to Tom Cruise is Sam Rockwell. Yes. Obviously, he dances on a few movies, but he, he walked out onto Jimmy Fallon, and this is a wonderful YouTube clip you should find. And they're playing the usual kind of, you know, funk thing, heavy on the snare kind of thing when the guest is walking out. And Sam Rockwell's wearing a suit, and he just sort of like goes, oh, oh yeah. And he just starts like dancing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right, look at this guy go. Go, white man. 
Go, white man. It's fucking great. Check it out. <laughs> it sounded like a commercial at the end, didn't it? I love how he's 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 commenting on his acting. He's like, hey, he's up on the retard throttle. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he's still, it's always about the acting. Yeah. Still. And then he gets slapped. He's like, are you, are you still doing that? <laughs> Can we have to come back to the fact that this is such a beautiful looking fucking movie? You know, it's it's you can like I said, you can see the ninety million, and and it actually is. We could talk about the content and the tone and argue about that, but it's like it looks like it, you know exactly what it needs to be. It's this beautifully shot jungle war movie. It's just fantastic looking. <laughs> I I even love that scene where he's like, "Why are you Why are you still doing this?" And he's like, "I'm not sure I know anymore." <laughs> just... Which is where they lead to the. Which uh, it, it it goes on for a little bit too long i think in the regular version and who knows what we're going to get in this version but that scene when they finally get to rescue stiller and downey suddenly has like a meltdown right. you know a, a sort of a, a where he doesn't know what he's doing anymore and it's that that scene even in the in the regular cut kind of for me goes on a little long but uh you know i'm hoping the it's not extended in this version because that's that's the full mag scene. right that's one of the full that's mags the scene yeah. by the way like Non sequitur, but it seems like, it seems like you guys are pretty much done commenting. So I'm just going to take it from here. Um, I was I was watching <laughs> Sam Rockwell dance on YouTube, yeah, which is so Isn't helpful awesome? to the commentary. That's we're doing. good. Yes, um, but I, I well I I will say again, uh, some of these the, these characters well and and you know Jack Black's character weirdly does like. He's like half cowardly and half heroic. Like he doesn't want to do it, but because the <laughs> yeah. place is full of drugs, and he's like, "I will be. I'm just going to bury my face in drugs if you send me down there. It's, I it's, cannot go." It's a very oddly save the cat sympathetic moment yeah, exactly. for this guy who's like, "Listen, I am weak as shit. I know <laughs> yeah. I'm not up to this. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to do. It's you, better for all of us. I'm about to do anything you can imagine just to get some drugs. So." It's a, it's a weird kind of reverse heroic moment. Like you gotta yeah. tie me down and don't pay any attention to anything I say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 it's in a true weird way, too. It's realistic. Well, that's the that's like straight up the Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> He's suddenly literally, Odysseus. Yeah. I love that it became. Yeah, literally they they went right to uh, tying the, to the mast, tying him to the mast. Yeah. And with a little bit of young Frankenstein kind of thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah, no matter how much I beg you, don't open that door. Yeah. Open the door. I was kidding. I'm impressed by uh, the Ben Stiller character also remembering the, the whole movie that he yes. was in that one time. I don't yeah. think I'd be able to Well, do he that. says earlier, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I remember it. So They, they I, sort he, of prompt him. Uh, yeah. He's okay. kind of sketching his way through it. He's doing the broad strokes. But this uh, this this here is where you know the movie starts to – this to me is the weirdest tone shift, even uh-huh. more so than the head. It's like the fact that Stiller would actually – Really buy into this that this becomes like a world, you know, the world that he wants to be in. Well, it's the apocalypse now thing where he just yeah. joins the jungle. Yeah, basically, yeah. he wants to be appreciated. The fact, the fact that someone finally appreciated Simple Jack is uh-huh. enough for him to like give up the rest of his life. And like, Aww. the Twig Man <laughs> Oscar is amazing. Yeah. Now the kid, the kid joke payoff is spectacular. <laughs> it the is. kid, the kid joke is uh, is a beautiful is a beautiful payoff. Again, the, once again, the, the idea that the movie is a, not quite the sum of its parts because there are individual parts that are ragingly hysterically funny. One thing I think might be an issue. So is that Century City, right? That he's, he's looking at. Century the City there. he's looking at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I really don't buy that Ben Stiller is as dumb as his character is supposed to be. Right. What's what, the person say, or the say character? The same as, the character say the okay. same as Zoolander. I mean, Zoolander can't really exist. Right. You know. 
Yeah. And that's well, sort of ben, when okay. Ben Stiller has two modes. He has the mode everyone else cast him in, and he has the role he casts himself in. Mm. I don't like the role everyone else casts him in, but he at least fits it. And I never really quite buy his character in any movie where he's thinking he's being funny. I just think, I mean, it's... I it's, like the worlds he crafts around it, them, I guess, in the case of Zoolander, but... It's clear he's a very intelligent man. I, I just don't think he has quite captured the essence of that really vacuous-minded person. Right. Completely. In the sense of what, you know, I look, pull up any random frame of his face in this movie, and you're not... You're not getting the face. You you can instantly look at that face and go, "That is a really just that is a man who is out to lunch." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and in the way that some some character uh, some actors and I'm totally blanking on any examples right now, but some actors can really really pull off. Lisa Kudrow, who we talked about, there you go. Who can just, you know you watch Friends, and she's just you know you can just <laughs> tell just the 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 characterization that she's doing. And as totally Trey works. as Trey's talked about, she's actually a very very intelligent person, but she's. She can turn that on. She, yeah. she can yeah. turn that on. Or off, and, as the case may be. Right. And Ben Stiller, I don't think, is quite managing the same feat. I agree. I agree. I agree. Oh, my. I saw some of the I love that he has immediately no, repo- apologized. <laughs> Remember yeah. what I said? He's, in that, he's going through the seven <laughs> steps, like, <laughs> moment by moment here. <laughs> it's like, it's also, I mean, Jack Black is like, it's just one of those things where... You know, I, I I always admire like the bravery of an actor, and sometimes an actor can you know end up looking like a real idiot. And so you know, it's like Jack Black is you know he's going to spend most of the rest of the movie here in his in his underwear, you know, running right. around in an Screaming. action scene. Yeah. Even you know he's going to even run around with a machine gun and have to be an action hero. It is in his you know his tidy blackies or whatever you might call those. And the tropes could be uh, the straight gay or the armored closet gay. There's armored tropes. closet gay. What does I'll that? I'll pop that one up. There's a why. TV tropes is kind of baffling to me sometimes. I, I'm going to guess that Armored Closet Gay is like not just in the closet, but like goes out of his way like even when people way. aren't. He's the strongest, toughest, manliest man in the yeah. sports team. He hates, gay, he hates gays. He's very vocal mm. okay. about it. Uh, <coughs> that, would be, that would be a funny thing. If, I forgot that. This is guy Armored Closet a thing? Yeah. Huh? Is Armored Closet a thing? No. No. That would be like a funny thing if it was a thing. Well, it could become a thing. Yeah, just like yeah. we could make it a thing. Let's not. Okay, it's yeah. like the Iron Curtain, the armored closet. <laughs> he's he's not just closeted; he's armored closet gay. Yeah, which there are there are plenty of people out there. Well, that I've are heard. Like, you see this porn. This porn is awesome. This is yeah, really good should, porn. I, oh, I'd like to really do her. Wouldn't well, you I've, like heard, I've heard yeah. the, my I, I the armored closet is one thing, but but uh, my favorite thing that I've I've seen a couple <laughs> times. My my favorite thing about people like that is like he is so far in the closet he's practically in Narnia. <laughs> nice. That's good. I like that. <laughs> we go then Jack Black with the payoff on this one. If you want time, I will literally suck your dick right. <laughs> yeah. And then this is this is a bit that again is going on for a while, like describing everything he's going to do. But that's funny. Yeah. Because he's so desperate. Yeah. He's just like he's got an, an, into his own head that he's going to do it and he's just gonna follow through. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost says it's an almost the closet is a bank fault. It's almost yeah. the quality of he's psyching himself up to do it yeah. by in the act of describing each each step of it. Now Sounds like he was going to give a good blowjob too. Yeah, it's he, he clearly knows what he's talking yeah, about. He, he's yeah. Well, if you've if you've had one, it's easy to be like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's not like yeah. it's really that complicated a concept. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now here's the second level, man. <laughs> There's a whole other level with ice cubes and well, stuff. But that's really just keep like more championship. It's like anything else. The true mastery of it comes in understanding the simplicity. <laughs> <and the essence laughs> it's, of it. Yeah, you don't want to like tart it up with a lot of too much extra stuff. Yeah. And then people on the internet will call you a genius. Exactly, that's true. Dude, wouldn't you oh. love to be the? And the here's Stanley Kubrick of blowjobs. <laughs> 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 Say it again with a clean background for the mashup. Stanley Kubrick of blowjobs. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Ryan Weaver. Because, it, yeah, hey, that blowjob didn't make any sense. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> That's but it's not supposed to make sense. You don't appreciate the genius of Did the you see the angles? <laughs> they all I, line up, man. I didn't come from that blowjob at all. You weren't supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> This I is, didn't enjoy it. Well, that's that because blowjob that's was literally fault. backwards. <laughs> it was supposed to unsettle you. Yeah. Yeah. That black jo- that blowjob was it, like the first half was one way and the second half was another way. Yeah. This is okay. We can keep going anyway. Yeah, no. And then they had to add CG people in front of the nudity, which is weird. Yeah. So uh, that's a whole Tumblr account waiting to happen. Love- yeah, boy. Jesus. I love that the uh, w- without do they do they actually hang a lantern on it or they do they just leave it to the audience to be like okay so now he's in blackface and a really bad asian <laughs> no, he's asian face he's a asian face on top of the blackface <laughs> well, this is this is every kind of wrong this yeah. is like inception this is yeah this is yes. i mean and again that's a you know john wayne played genghis khan one time and it was yeah. famously <laughs> yeah know. uh charles played Charm a Charm mexican. mexican play a mexican yeah, yeah. Yep, and so and I I enjoy the uh, you know the the faux the broken Mandarin that he speaks. Right, <laughs> you know it's like it almost almost makes a kind of strange Yoda sense, but not, not <laughs> quite. <laughs> I do, I do think they hang a lantern on on I think they do about the fact that they're in Vietnam and or Laos. Why is anyone speaking Mandarin Chinese? Right, but okay, never mind. You know whatever. Apparently these are uh, transplants. These guys. Well, I think um, there. Oh, I can't remember where, but th- there's a certain area that that uh, is is kind of a, a you know melting pot of that area of of like Southeast Asia, so True they would have yeah. the Chinese and, and especially stuff like that. especially when drugs are involved. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just a fact of remembering that the the actual lines on the map that say this is one country and right. this is the other in real life they're not nearly so distinct yeah there's fences and guns there but it doesn't actually really when i was that. 5 i was told by an 8 year old so like this is for real like it checks out shit <laughs> <laughs> the uh lines on the map the were walls of all time uh, that the lines were walls <laughs> yeah. and you couldn't get to nevada without jumping really high it's totally true dude and if you bite your fingernails a hand will grow in your stomach Really? It's true. Wow. I got like a lot of hands in there. (laughs) (laughs) He blinded blinded Jamie Lee Almost. Yeah. I just want to point out that I've been trying to break my nail biting, tearing habit for, you know, that I've had for as long as I can remember, and I'm actually succeeding. Nice. And I have nails for like the first time in my entire life. Tabasco sauce. I actually have these. these, Oh, I didn't even do that. This is, by the way, this this is probably the best commentary we've ever done. (laughs) But uh, look, I have two nails here, which I have never had in my entire life. Sometimes I just forget to bite them, so (laughs) so I've got two going. And it feels weird. I've got nails. Yeah. I'm really obsessed with the fact that I have nails. Am I the only person on the planet that doesn't chew their fingernails? I keep accidentally hurting myself because I have claws, and I've never had claws in my life. I don't don't chew my fingernails as a, like, like nervousness or like Dude, a, you totally a tick. Need to. No, no. I just, I just, they get long and I'm like, I don't have anything to cut them with right now and it's really pissing me off. So you can buy them at 7 Eleven, man. I don't have Finger to pay nails? for teeth. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Okay, and now I've now I've revealed that <laughs> well, I don't go to the, to the dentist. <laughs> That's what I've just said. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't have to pay for teeth yet. Yeah, exactly. eventually. Okay. Now, actually, one one of the things I think I did see on the IMDb back to this movie, by the way, if anyone cares, but, uh, but yeah, the movie's not helping the commentary. Someone, someone pointed out, uh, you know, this is one of those things. It's like just on the border of okay, Rain Man, thanks for checking in. But uh, speaking of speaking of not going full retard, but the this someone pointed out like. Okay, you, you you can clearly see how many guns they have when they got off the chopper uh-huh. way back when, and now they have somehow they have more M16s than they started with <laughs> in this scene because Downey's got two, uh, and then they just you know goes on from there. So it's like again, it's like eh, movie magic. What do you want? But okay, and it's one thing that they don't really make a point of at any point, but it's inherent in the circumstances is the fact that they're shooting blanks and they don't actually have bull. yeah, the, and they, I mean their guns don't actually work. Yeah, I mean they they play out those circumstances, but. There's there's no moment in the film where anybody goes, we're going to assault this compound with fake guns? That's a terrible idea. And it, I would expect you know that kind of moment to have been made a little more explicit. See, uh-huh. see there's a brave moment for Mr. Black there. <laughs> just Now I need to reach into your pants with both hands and just dig as hard as you can. Yeah. And we're going to do a shot of that. And then you're going to run around like that for a while. I, I the, the, uh, the scene where he's speaking the broken Mandarin, though. That's I just love English. <laughs> English is some yeah. of the funniest shit in the world to me. It is. It is beautiful stuff. That's where "Do Not Want" comes from. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 how it started. If you don't know the origin of that meme, when you translate into whatever fucking language they were trying, uh, the end of Re- "Revenge of the Sith," where Vader says "No," the subtitle helpfully says. In do all caps, want. do not want. <laughs> like, do, do the, is there no straight direct translation for no in Mandarin Chinese? No, no, Chinese? no. The problem do not was, want. There is not. Yeah, no. The problem, the problem is not that there wasn't a direct translation. The problem is that the people translating it to English didn't know what they were doing. Okay. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't speak English. They spoke the other one just fine. They didn't speak English. So they were dealing from, like, an already translated thing back into back English. In Saturday Night Live used to do a thing called the Tiny Cafe, where they 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 had a French singer who would sing songs. And they would go, "We enjoy to sing songs which have been translated from English into French and then back to English." And then they would be this like twisted. Long before there was such thing as Google Translate, they would sing this twisted version of a standard that was like a mistranslation of a mistranslation. I I, I saw there used to be like a website or something that tra- oh I think I read a website that translated that used a. a Babelfish or, or Google Translate or whatever to I think it was on the preamble to the Constitution. Oh, nice! And it went from like English into French into Spanish into like Chinese back to English, and it was amazing. By the time it got back, it just made absolutely no Ultimate sense. Game at all. of telephone. And uh, there's another. There's a book because yeah, well, not we're talking about this now. Um, there's a book called English as She Is Spoke. <laughs> That what what happened was there were these guys who wanted to like make an English phrase book for from uh for Portuguese people because uh, I guess they thought that would make you know good money because well, I guess we'd opened up relations with Portugal or something whatever I don't know but um they decided that they wanted to make this phrase book they were such well we dicks. had finally ended the blockade yeah. yeah but they didn't speak English they wanted to make an English phrase book and they didn't speak English but they spoke French. So they went to a guy who spoke French to who could speak French and English, and so they would translate what they were trying to say into French, and he would translate that from French into English. So it's this entire book of pure English that's like – it's like 100 years old, but it never went out of print because everyone's like, this is the funniest fucking thing. Like, like Mark Twain. It, it got famous because of Mark Twain because he was like, this is the funniest <laughs> thing ever it? written. He Mark- basically tweeted it. Yeah. He just was like, this book is the funniest thing ever written. Do you recall you any examples? 
Um, oh, I, come on, come through for us, man. I'm, I'm, I'll have to bring it in. I'll bring it in, and and we can talk about it on like the intermission or something some other time. Uh, Mad Bad wants to say oh, wants to know what it's what it's called again. It's called English as she is spoke. <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought it was poetical, and then you explain what the book is, and now that's just funny again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> English as she is spoke. I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, she's deep. Here's a, here's an extra little piece uh, that's that wasn't in the main the main film that I saw. <laughs> was they have a little trivia contest about Al Pacino movies. Yeah. You're not really Al Pacino. <laughs> like, no, I really am Al Pacino. It's like not the, the Al Pacino you're thinking about. I like the I like the, the farcical idea of, you know, this guy who plays the 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 girl in their in their nightly renditions of Simple Jack is, you know, gonna do this entire action scene in drag. In like yeah. in like Mandarin Chinese opera drag. It's not as real. And oh, the I final punch—the final punchline being awesome. The final punchline of this of the scene is that uh, is that uh, at the end that 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 character's name is Tran. Uh, <laughs> the actor the actor's name is actually Tran. And, That's... Uh, <laughs> it's comedy. It's a multilingual comedy. We got a little uh, close encounter. Yeah, it feels like here. a little close encounters moment. Ewing though. in the chat pulled up the wiki for English as she has spoke. Mark Twain said of English as she has spoke that quote, "Nobody can add to the absurdity of this book. <laughs> Nobody can imitate it successfully. Nobody can hope to produce its fellow." It is perfect. <laughs> Twain would have been Twain oh, would have been just fine. Like we could reincarnate him right now, and I think he'd just oh he'd, my god, just yeah. get a Twitter account and just boom. Just no, start I seriously, I I just I read the the bit of his autobiography that's been published so far. I'm like, it is like he's talking today. It yeah. is like he just wrote. Uh, like even the the politics and shit he's complaining about. He's talking about news. Like apparently, right when he was writing it, there was another scandal in New York with the insurance companies and stuff. <laughs> and it was like nothing ever changes. And then he'll make a reference to like you know the other you know last year in 1840. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, is f- this is completely fucking with me. Well, uh, some examples. I'm sorry, I'm still on this. Uh, idiomatic translation. Uh, this lake looks full of fish. Let's have some fun fishing. Uh, given translation. That pond, it seems me, many multiplied of fishes. Let us amuse rather to be fishing. <laughs> there you go. One of my favorites Google is... Google Translate. Uh, the, in- the idiom is walls have ears. The translation is the walls have for hearsay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah, I'll bring that book over and we'll have some fun. So here, actually, plot-wise, they actually paid <laughs> and off. Mark Twain has a Twitter. Look at that. Actually, paid off Jack Black's character, where he says, "You know, my, they, they, it's that's beautiful construction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, make the weakness into a strength. It's like his, his drug addiction and the fact that his farts are funny yeah. is what allows him to save the day by by forcing these guys to overdose on heroin. Yes, this exactly. fulls of heroin and by farting to distract them. Yeah. I mean it's it's you know that's screenwriting 101 people. Yeah. That's how it's done. Exactly. I'm pretty sure this was in Save the Cat. I'm pretty sure. There's that saying. it's part of the beat sheet. Stuff heroin in villain yeah, faces. Yeah, stuff heroin in villain faces. That's that's definitely right up there in the third act. You want that payoff. It's the six things that need fixing. There <laughs> we go. So here you go. Here's a scene which I hope doesn't go on too long in the uh in the director's cut version. But uh, this is, and they're definitely doing an apocalypse now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, just yeah. the way it's shot. The clearest apocalypse now reference, in, of which there are many in this entire. Uh, yeah, entire overall, film. it has a very apocalypse now yeah. thing, but now it now becomes apocalypse now. Seriously, <laughs> except it, except it's about actors trying to talk about their process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is you know again very inside baseball. But I'm inside baseball, so I think it's funny. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's, the, the crazy thing is that there's there's legitimate acting advice and insight in there. Yeah, there right. Well, exactly. It's worth but, listening to. But it there's is. the absurdity of of we're we're in the middle of a war zone right now, yeah. and we're talking about this. 
talking about the ins- inside the actor studio inside Myanmar. Yeah. yeah. This this is a you know a generally very well staged action scene. Ben Stiller uh, can direct. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's he really can. Like yeah, I said, it's I, easy to keep track of what's going on. And 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 Nick Nolte with the flamethrower is about the scariest thing I can possibly imagine in my life. I mean, Which real is all real. I mean, he's actually, you know, on set. That's a real flamethrower. And it's actually Nick Nolte <laughs> throwing actually, his flames. God damn it. He's right. He's Sigourney Weavering the hell out of it. But, but the, you know, they get it's, it's, there's a lot, they are paying off all the characters here. Every, every character, the, the Danny McBride slash Nick Nolte, you know, duo is getting a little payoff there where Nick Nolte is becoming an actual war hero. I mean, again, we're back to yeah. screenwriting is easy, as they like to say. If you guys have the uh, the Blu-rays with this with a special feature, I, I especially recommend checking out this one, this one particular full mag. Yeah. It's really interesting yeah. sequence. It's, it's because really cool. you know, be, because it's Ben Stiller directing, and he's in the scene. You you know he's literally on camera directing, and it's he he does the thing that every fucking director in the world does. They go through it. and He goes, okay, one more time, and they go through it again. Okay, one more, uh-huh. and they go through it again. Okay, one more time. This time, this way. And it's just like they do seven takes of one more time uh-huh. that every director in the world does. I've directed like three things, and they were all short films that no one's ever seen, and I did that too. Every, Although to be I, fair, I've done it too. Trey's done it. I know. Sure. Every, everyone, Michael. The, well, the thing about one, have you done it? The thing about one more time is that it's not saying one more time and that's it. <laughs> it's just saying yeah. plus one, plus yeah. one, plus one. I'm not lying. We're doing plus one each time. <laughs> yeah. But but what is I, what, what is annoying? To me, when when directors do that, and what I always try to avoid is when you just say one more time, it's like, why? What was wrong with that one? Because otherwise, oh, really? I'm just going to do it again. Well, it, that's, it depends. That's, it depends if you've sort of established if you've established that sort of that sort of thing. And in the in the clips he's referring to, where clearly these guys know each other and they've worked together, it's like it's established that we're going to just try different flavors. Right. Of sure, it, sure. If know, if so. that's it, that's fine. But yeah. Uh, but it's, but yeah. But you, what you're talking about is perfectly valid. Yeah. yeah. If, if you if you if you say one more time, oh, here I mean, we, here's it, my favorite moment coming up. Yeah, the, <laughs> this is Jay Baruchel's payoff. Where, yes. where, where Jay Baruchel finally gets to be the guy. Go, all right, fuck this shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I I respect you guys and everything, but Jesus, <laughs> I'm a rooster illusion. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, his face. You're like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just not coming back. Well, like, now he has to. Now he has to take charge. And it's, he it, well, it's Jay Baruchel's complete acceptance of the reality. I was yeah. just like. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> he's he's really not going to snap out of it. Yeah, I thought Hard that would believe. work because yeah. it, it hap- that's how it works in the movies, and he's uh, his head is in the movies and stuff. But no, he's actually fucked up. All right, <laughs> I'm in charge now, and that that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think that's I, I see where you're coming from, but it's also perfectly valid because especially when you're doing improv. But I think. Even when you're when not, you, even when you're, when you're doing improv, yeah. When you're well, doing improv, yeah. even when it's scripted, I mean, it's not necessarily going to come out the same. You know, when you're doing something, you're going to get an impulse, and it's gonna, something is going to strike you a different way than it did the last time. And a director may, you know, may not know exactly what he, what he's looking. He may not be looking for something specifically, but he may like, okay, I just want different, different impulses, and for you to react to impulses differently. And to see what happens, and to to have that variety, mm-hmm. without without necessarily having something concretely in mind of oh okay. that was that was wrong or that was bad, you you may get well take three was take three was perfect it was what I had in my head now let's just see what else happens mm-hmm. I think that's a perfectly valid I guess strategy. that's true okay it's it's I guess it's a matter of to what extent do you go if you do you know Kubrick if you do a hundred takes yeah and the you've inf- dried out the actors yeah at yeah. a certain point you do yeah. although sometimes. It, 
Well, Fincher. Fincher, Fincher does the same. Stiller, I mean, they they give uh, Stiller shit in the commentary for doing shit tons of takes and doing just take after take after take. And I think it's the same basic concept that if you listen to the commentary for Wrath of Khan, Nicholas Meyer talks about doing tons and tons of takes just to get William Shatner to stop being William Shatner right. and start just to get tired acting. of doing it and just to do something else. Exactly, he yeah. would he would basically do take after take after take to the point where Shatner got bored. And then Shatner would stop having this Shatner-affected quality right. that he has, and then he would start actually acting. He got he got bored, so he started trying something else just to yeah. entertain exactly. himself. Exactly, and Mike, sometimes the director has to do that. Do, do, w- now, do you know if he actually told the other actors he was like, "I'm just going to keep yeah, doing it until like, he fucking save stops. it, save it till Shatner finally yeah. stops Shatner, save know, it till Shatner cools down." I don't yeah. know if he did on the the set of Wrath of Khan, but I'm sure he told Leonard Nimoy that before Leonard Nimoy <laughs> went on to direct <laughs> Star Trek Three yeah, and so Four. Here's my secret Here, with the just, Shatner, Mike. You avoided the Or I'm the sure question. Nimoy was uh, smart enough to pick up on it on his own. Have you said one more time? Yes. Ah, uh, I, I didn't say I didn't. I know. I you, said but, it's perfectly. But I asked you, and you changed the subject. Yeah. As long as you come clean, man. But I do. I do generally try not to say it without having a reason, even if it's no. I just let's try something different. Right. You know. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can get away with it by by, you know, by saying you had a camera fault. <laughs> you can say <laughs> one more time, guys. Sorry, you you were fine. Just you know, that was our. We made it. We we screwed up on the camera. That's so. a, I think that's what I'm going to do the next time I'm I'm on a movie that at least the next time I'm on a movie or directing a movie that has a focus puller. I'm just going to go up to the focus puller before the shoot starts <laughs> you, and go. You are my whipping boy. You you are my scapegoat. I know you're going to do a fantastic job. I'm going to throw you under the bus every time <laughs> I can't get some, these guys to do their job. Exactly. <laughs> just want Although, you to know that. Although, had the opposite experience where an actor nails a take and it wasn't in fucking focus, uh-huh. <laughs> and you want to kill the focus puller, which I've lived through that nightmare. Oh, boy. And then now, I've also been the focus puller, focus and I was not very good are, at my job. That's a thankless-ass job. That is a very really, thankless it's job. It's really the most hard. important job in the it's, thing. It's, the, it's, the joke, it, it's, like, it's like a lot of jobs. It's like it's... It's people are only aware of you when you fuck up, right? right. When, you do, the, when you do it right, they don't even know you're there. It's the com- I think, in my opinion, it is a combination of the hardest and most invisible slash thankless job yeah. on set. Because sound is another one in, the, in that ballpark where people only notice it if you fuck up. But yeah. in my opinion, being the sound guy is substantially easier than being the focus puller. Yeah. Just just to get back to the movie for a sec, this this moment is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole the whole sticking a pin literally in a, in a sense. In the no, no, they accept me now, and this he's being stabbed by a child, <laughs> who he then flings into a river. The, the child he adopted as his own. Yes, <laughs> that's my kind of movie. It's like I guess for some people that was too much, and the severed head was fine. But no, no, I was fine with this. I was perfect. No, I mean okay. that to me is one of the one of the best, if not the best, inversion and subversion yeah. Yeah. of this of the idea of doing this movie. But and but it's okay to fling the kid into the river because he's murderous. They do, <laughs> yeah, they do show a scene. They do have to pay it off with the see. He's yeah. okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's he looks unharmed. like the nub. <laughs> he does <laughs> with that little face. Yeah. <laughs> so and here they've here they've beautifully yeah. brought they've it back mirrored, to yeah. they've Come created the same exact scenario. Um, and now they get to. Now they get to redo it again, but now they've lived it. Yeah. You see, and so again, and now they're doing it for real. They've had some. They've but had that, some. But you're also set up because you're like, wait a second, this movie ends with him getting shot the fuck up. Yeah, that's right. Wait a minute, <laughs> wait. Because hey, they 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 blew Steve Coogan to bits. Who yeah. knows where this movie's gonna go? <laughs> I think he's done. Now at this point in the comment, in the actual commentary, commentary, uh, Downey has gone Australian too. When he when he's taken off the makeup and become his Australian self, he, now he's turned Australian in the commentary as well. I love and I would 
the idea of meta commentaries so much commentary Seriously. the musical for dr horrible and things like that it's just I, I, something about that i love that idea well that's love unreliable narr- by the narrators. way can i just throw this out i'll throw this out to you know chat room can vote in on this i thought that uh, as a change of face we ought to do a commentary in which we are pretending we are the actual crew <laughs> and everything we yes. make up is complete bullshit i love oh, it i like that. i love it let's do that for the social network <laughs> awesome all right good no deal. we'll do that for citizen kane something that, oh, that we yeah. clearly did not work on ever did anyone did anyone did anyone of you not sleep with uh, jessica we all the did, makeup right? girl? If we oh, do Citizen oh, Kane, yeah. can, I, can I work on it and, yeah. re- and perfect my Orson Welles voice, and then can I be Orson Welles for the Citizen <laughs> Kane commentary? Sure, you can try and do that. I have, a, I have a big old dead crush on Orson Welles. I'll have to say that the, the part that is, is for me, you know, and this is my own personal, the most contrived is what's about to happen. <laughs> it's like, I was on board with everything other than the fact that suddenly Matthew McConaughey shows up in the middle of the jungle and saves them from a rocket with a TiVo. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that, to me, is like working a little too hard for that payoff. Well, we, we, skipped, a, we skipped a bunch of steps in, his, in Matthew McConaughey's personal journey, if that's what he ends up doing. Well, but we don't see him deciding. Talk about cutting out the shoe leather. Yeah. yeah. But I, well, we I don't see him deciding actually, to go on the trek or anything. Right, right. Well, well actually, that, but, would, that would undermine that, the... That, payoff, that payoff works because the idea is he got his G5 and used it to get here uh. to, save, to save Speedman's life. But this idea that he literally deflects a a missile with, with a, TiVo. a TiVo, um and then runs back off in the jungle like, yay, he's not in danger from the heroin smugglers or anything yeah. else. It's it's really is a bizarre like okay, even in this movie that's bizarre. But the, the there's still the there still is the payoff of you know because you get the, the final shot of him, he's in his G five, so he got the G five, but he right. used it to to go save his life. So. And of course, these characters, these these, these so actors, wait, so all playing. It's Sean Penn, John Voight, Tobey Maguire, and is that Tom Hanks in the top left? Tom Hanks in a wheelchair. I love Jason Bateman is back there. Yeah, what is Jason Bateman doing? Jason Bateman. Then uh, there's um, yeah, the Jason Bateman is there, and yeah. uh, um, Downey is is dating Jennifer Love Hewitt. Is is his date? Uh, Baruchel is. Baruchel is. Right, yeah. That's right. And then of course, uh, yeah, Al Pacino is with Lance Bass. Ah, uh, uh, yay! The payoff, and, and he's with uh, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Uh, so. I love how ungracious John Voight was about losing <laughs> yeah, as well. That's just a famous thing yeah. uh, that he supposedly, um, supposedly... Brian, you have a lot in common with Lance Bass. I what? think you would follow the same track, aside from the gay thing, that if you were in a pop band, you would use your remaining pop dollars after you're... Like, you're not the guy who got to be the solo artist out of that band to go into space. Did you know that story? After NSYNC fell apart and Justin Timberlake became Justin Timberlake, Lance Bass was like... I'm gonna go into space. And he Lance got a, Bass he got, was he, like, "I'm yeah. gay." He got yeah. was like, "Yeah, um, yeah." So what? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, he got a who isn't? He got a seat on one of those like low yeah, orbit. He did one of those things yeah. you can do for twenty million. One of those touristy ones. Uh, well, did he did he do the suborbital or did he actually get? I thought he was by trying a ride on the, the Russians. The Sputnik thing. The, uh, it was uh, it was a Russian project. I don't know what the they Russian did. stuff. Yeah. So he would have gone into orbit. Not Sputnik for the Russian. Soyuz. Soyuz. So what do Lance Bass and Alan Shepard have in common? They're gay. Both been in space. Alan Shepard they were was both not in gay. I, I was setting that up for <laughs> What's a wrong with and that, Brian? Brian, and oh, Brian oh, oh, I see Brian. Got, no, oh. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. That's what you're supposed to say afterwards. Alan Shepard's not gay. Not that no, Brian just doesn't want there to be a second space-related hoax thing that people have to... Uh, yeah, God forbid. All I right. just don't want you to get space Spe- history Speaking wrong. of people who are not gay. Yeah. <laughs> bring it, Cruz. Come on. Bring it. And it is... I'm sorry. No man can be that good at dancing and... and yeah, exactly. And no, there's no, there's no contest. He's gay. Yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely gay, but uh, I'm not saying because of this. He's he's gay, and that's and there literally is nothing wrong with that. I I think it's I, 
I love well, that they the, go out. I mean, on that's this. the confounding thing to me about that whole aspect. At the, at this point in history, yeah, who gives a shit? Well, because he's, he's, we he's Scientologist, so one. they think there's something wrong with that. Uh, well, I, I'm sure that's part of it. But Mike, in your life, have you gotten much shit for being gay? Not from people I actually know or care about. <laughs> okay, so what Brian was saying, at the, it, we're at the point finally <laughs> in human history where like, people are just, uh, uh, sure, whatever. So yeah, I don't get it. Well, it, but at this point, he's too invested in the whole beard thing. He's put a lot of time and yeah, effort this, into that. Yeah, that's kind of a rough one to get it. Well, part of it, actually, to answer my own question. Guys, J.K. Law. <laughs> part of it is the for certain actors, they're heavily invested in being the leading man. And certainly right. Tom Cruise fits that. I just worked on a movie where it's like, the leading yeah, guy is... But he can't. He no, can't there's, because there, there's there is actually a thing. Uh, they've they've talked about. Uh, I've I've seen it going around. Like I think one of the not the leading guy, not Henry Cavill, but one of the leading guys. I think in Immortals was like an openly gay guy, and he was very like very open about it and stuff like that. And people were like, "Hey, cool, you know, openly gay, and blah, blah blah." And then he started getting these major roles, and that like went away off his <laughs> you know public websites and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's like, he's been romantically linked to women now, quote unquote, in the the papers <laughs> well, and stuff. Was... And everyone's like, "Wait, excuse me, what?" Well, Sean Marr, from, fuck you, buddy, from yeah. Firefly. Uh, you just, know, he just came, he just came out, out yeah. and he he was talking about this. Was anyone that, shocked? You know, no, well, I, didn't, I didn't know, but I I hoped. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't consciously know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah, that's funny. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but well, he was talking about. I had that with Jodie Foster. Someone was like, "You know, <laughs> she's gay." They I don't was even like, "Give that kid a name. He's like, just the character." Yeah, he doesn't but. even. He doesn't even get a name. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was. He was saying that you know when he. He he had never intended to be in the closet or make it a sec- make a secret out of it. But, no websites said that. Well, but he was talking to his, you know his agent or a manager or something, and he it came up or he told them, and his agent was like, "Well, can you be bi? Is that yeah. okay? Like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, that's fine. I'm not judging, but you know, just for the leading man aspect well, of because, it. Well, because because it's it's Tom Hardy is allegedly bi. It's it, well in terms of you know uh, just marketing. It's yeah. like women are we want women to go see you. In the movie, Neil because we want them to get warm in their pants, thinking they're with you, and they right. can't. And if they, if they can't buy it, yeah, it if works they, for Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris still somehow negates that argument, yeah. but uh, Dude, doesn't mean Neil people, but doesn't mean people don't make the argument. All, yeah, we well, should just well, use Neil Patrick reasons. Harris to diffuse arguments. Yeah, he he's like the opposite of everything that's true in the world. Child stars never succeed as adults. Neil Patrick Harris, G- gay man can't be uh, thought of as as womanizing. As Neil Patrick Harris. By the way, guess this: nothing can travel faster than light speed. Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> anyway, Tropic Thunder. We've, I, 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 in the chat room, they were talking about like, God, this commentary is all over the place. Yes, of course it was. Because so was the movie. Fuckers. We, ha- we had a we had a, <laughs> we accidentally bam. watched Neil the Patrick Harris. I th- I th- there you go. I yeah. think we put Boom. a really. I think we put a really strong, really great conversation about farce and what this movie's doing right and wrong in the first hour, and then after that, the movie's really not helping. Yeah, us and then we continued talking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's our job to be entertaining, really. and uh, we were entertaining, and we did commentary for the movie, and uh, we talked about our fingernails. We learned a lot, blowjobs, everything it was great. Anyway, it's time for Craig seriously, Ferguson. you guys don't understand how big of a deal this is. I've yeah. had this habit for it's longer than I can remember. It's, I swear to God, it's I you know I woke up this morning and scratches on my face because I I have nails. It's freaky. We need, we need Craig Ferguson to come in and go, what did we learn on the show tonight, Craig? <laughs> One of my best friends, uh, her ex-boyfriend does Jeff Peterson, and I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Oh, anyway, that's sweet. That's a Craig Ferguson reference for anyone yes, in the world. Yes, anyway. that's, that's his robot skeleton army. Um, Tropic Thunder, I think a lot of the casting was great. I, I, I think the problem ultimately lies, obviously, a lot in, this, in the script, and in, it was basically the tightening period and, and deciding what 
this movie really, really is, and 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 killing babies and stuff like that, or at least repurposing babies, which is a that's a dodgy <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> repurposing your I'm babies. I guess killing babies. I'm iffy on repurposing them. <laughs> that uh, could be okay. I guess. Now that should have been a plot point in Terra Nova. That's true. Anyway, the uh, and and also I think uh, a fair bit, even though we were really complimenting him and, and rightfully so on a lot of his action directing and even his his normal directing stuff, the 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 framing and, and the dealing with imagery and, and communicating what's happening in the world to the audience level of direction he's really got. But I wonder how much of it was Ben Stiller just not knowing when to tell people to dial it down, uh, especially himself in some cer- in some sa- uh, cases, circumstances, either of those words. Well, it could be. I mean, it's, you know, he's there with a bunch of other actors. They're all having fun. He's like, it's fun. It's funny. We're laughing. So, uh, right. you know, right. put it in. And put it in uh, our favorite takes. But and- then there's, I mean, there's still the moments of, you know, even if even if that is the case on the set, then three months later when he's in the editing room, he's still making choices. Yeah, right a lot choices. of these are editorial choices. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea to go, no, let's not go that far while shooting. You right. should absolutely go that far while shooting. Right. But because, also go half as far as well. But later, yeah, but, you know, let's go let's go under, let's go over, because, you know, six months from now when we're not here in this situation, we're going to go, wow, I thought that was so over the top, and it, it's barely big enough right. for, for what you're actually looking at. That's a good, I like that note. Ben. Yeah. Bad. Anyway, yeah. it's too late. So it's really more, like I said. I think they. I think they probably did cover it. You know, across the spectrum in shooting, and mm-hmm. but it's just that we're really talking about editorial choices in the final analysis because right. you literally sure, yeah. could. Yeah. You literally could fan edit this into. I mean, we could with the footage we have make it look like Steve Coogan. You know didn't necessarily explode or at least we can cut around the, the head you can cut the head scene out yeah and just continue the scene from exactly there. just work your way through it and every time there's it just sets pink, off your little radar you just go up, snip, there's snip, just snip. pink mist and they they argue about whether that really happened or not you exactly know, and, and you know that works and they, that's a good point so um and again these are choices Thunder is uh like i said at the outset it's i my claim does not lie in it's not funny there's a lot of really funny moments in this but i like i said again at the outset there was a reviewer that i really liked he said this movie's like being mugged by a clown and I can see where he's coming from. Why a clown? Uh, because rapists <laughs> are <laughs> it is but it's You see, nobody cares about the movie. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Fuck you. That's genius. <laughs> Good work. I stepped on it, too. I'm sorry. I yeah. did, too. Boom. Anyway, We're uh, both fired. Brilliantor? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I can see some of your points about this movie, and I, I can see a little more now that uh, it's it's more pieces than it is a movie. Uh, I just, there are certain pieces that I just love the shit out of. And those, my love for those pieces outweigh the fact that, yeah, this tonally, this movie is a little disjointed and it kind of takes some, some weird turns in, in terms of what kind of movie it's deciding to be. Uh, but, uh, overall it's, it's, I, I would put it on the shelf next to galaxy quest. I wouldn't put it on the perfect movie shelf per se, mm-hmm. but in terms of those kind of movies that, that, take these kind of meta situations this meta satirical situations and play with the sense of i'm personally also fa- i'm also personally a fag for uh any kind of meta humor uh-huh. and i know it's it's really <laughs> just by its very nature self-indulgent but i just love meta humor so much and unreliable narrators for me too i love those uh so i th- i think this well not perfectly i think this does meta humor very very well and i can enjoy the hell out of it michael dorkman's gone i d- i do want to point out um that as as a kind of originally um as as i used to use it and we've kind of turned it into something else but in terms of a perfect movie for for me it's about the storytelling and it's about setup and payoff mm-hmm. there's no setup without a payoff there's no payoff without a setup okay um so it's it's we've we started referring to it as well that movie sure meant like hell to be what it was and you know be a farce or whatever and it did it and so it's a perfect movie but um but anyway uh and i, and I still it, think that's implied though i don't i, don't think I guess so labeled I, anything a perfect movie that didn't you know follow good structure and 
you know, and wasn't wasn't about. I guess that's true, but you can but you can have a movie. I mean, this movie has uh, does surprisingly really well with setup and payoff. Yeah, but it does. but it manages it. So on that level, it's it's probably pretty close to a perfect movie, but it's further away in terms of the tone and stuff that they were right. they were sure, trying yeah. to get at. Certainly, um, but. Um, yeah, I'm I'm the same place with you. I think it's with a good Brian. movie. The fact that yeah, with Brian, um, the the fact that we had trouble talking about it in the second half is n- not just because it's a little uneven, but also just by the nature of comedy, it's like well, it's it's doing its thing. You and, get all of your theory conversation out of yeah. the way, and it's just funny. Oh funny. yeah, all oh, we yeah. can really do is point out the jokes, which I think which we, we did, did quite we a few did. times. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> fuck we, it, we'll deal with that later. But yeah. we talked mm. about blowjobs and shit. And we did and we fingernails. Did. You know, we pulled our own weight, which so, are not um, unrelated topics. Buy our fingernails yeah and porn um, dvds too yeah so God, we really did cover a lot of ground yeah. <laughs> we rule but uh i think it's a I, I think it's a good movie uh i enjoyed it when i saw it but perhaps it's telling that this is the second time that i've seen it <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> haven't given it that much thought trace doom i you know it, it really it's it's funny how it's it's the severed head it's like yeah. either either you make it over that hump or you didn't. It's either yeah. get on or off the highway on yeah, that one exactly. exit ramp. And I have to say, for me, the first time I saw the movie, I was more pleased and jaw, you know, my jaw dropped because of the audacity of it. I was I was taken in by the oh my god, they went there. Like okay, so that's what this. And on movie, the enthusiasm, you're like okay, movie. That's, fuck yeah, yeah, that's what I said. This. All right, yeah, let's all right, strap you. You, as you, you made the Tom Cruise face. As you're you, like, you lean back and yeah, you're like, like all right, yeah. all right. So it's gonna be this then. Okay. I will play your game. And and it's almost like the movie never went there again. Yeah. You know, it's almost like well, you said you were gonna be that kind of movie, but then you really weren't that kind of movie. So it is. It, it comes down to what we the, the word we've been saying repeatedly throughout this whole thing is tone, and and I think it literally is. As a filmmaker, it's the thing you're most scared of. It's like I've got this brilliant idea for a movie, you know, and you just agonize over it's the most ephemeral quality yeah. of. And it's a study on uh, tone. This movie yeah. is really a. You can, I think you can feel it. Even the people who like it, I think you guys all like it. And you, uh, I you, like you, it, you, and yet I, rec- totally I recognize, that. like, I am so on the fence. Like, but if I could go back in time and and suddenly like appear like a you know like Gandalf in their editing room and go <laughs> lose the severed head. Yeah, yeah. I I love it too. I come from the future to tell you. I, it's my favorite scene. It's the scene you have to cut. The future will be doomed. This, yeah. The severed head scene saves the entire continent of Australia, but you still you must cut it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, but, like, for no, to be the opposite. For reasons I can't explain, <laughs> the severed head scene will bring about Armageddon. <laughs> it's weird. I just don't have time to get into it right now. But you have to cut it. I think I think tone is also don't invest in Bernie Madoff. Yes, <laughs> for the love of God. Anyone uh, got any money and in lose the severed head? That's right. Uh, I think tone is. I think you're right. I think saying it's the the scariest uh, aspect or element of a filmmaker to deal with because it's the most uh, like effect, it's the it's the least concrete. You know, yeah. w- when you're talking about setups and payoffs, subjective. that's the most arty art in the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, and and it's it's the the least tangible in any way. When you're talking about setups and payoffs, you can go, okay, here's a setup that's very clear, and it, where is the corresponding payoff? Where any when you're on set and you can say, is that does that feel real? No, but the performance is physically it's in front of you. It's the part you can really just check. You can't check the boxes on it. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, this has been Down in Front, and you can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week. The intermission is also on iTunes, and if you haven't listened to it, downinfront.net slash intermission. There's also a giant funking link. Funking? Funking. Funking. On the, on the, on the new awesome webpage, Holden That's what Hill. he was doing Did all at that the shit. end. Yeah. Tom Cruise was funking. Yeah. <laughs> he was funking. <laughs> Listen to the intermission. It's just like Down in Front, but it's half an hour, and there's no commentaries, and... 
we talk about things like blowjobs and fingernails. It's, it's nothing like down <laughs> yeah. in front. Except it's, it's shorter, but that's the point. Anyway. It doesn't take as long. You can subscribe us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week of both shows, uh, Intermission on Wednesdays. Go to the forum. Involve yourself there. Uh, Downinfront.net slash forum. It's a really wonderful community. And I always say that, and I don't think anyone ever believes me, but it's really a great forum. It's a great community. A lot of really talented people with diverse interests all talking on the same wavelength. It's really cool. And there we also announce where the live shows are happening. They're at Downinfront.net slash live. But the forum and Twitter will tell you uh, where, what, when, all those things. And uh, Twitter.com uh, slash down in front Facebook down in front show email us at down in front show at gmail.com buy our shirts please give us money for food and until next time oh Matt Beta Beta is a person and Holden uh, Hill design him a website <laughs> and my okay? name is T. Christy Mike Scott someone needs a juice box <laughs> Chase Dokes and uh, thank you very much to uh, all the guys that show up Mr. Perfect and everyone else Chloe get away from that computer thank you very much for listening <laughs> good night good night <laughs> trendsinyourhead.com <laughs>